everybody, welcome to episode 543 of Conversation Street for the 3rd to the 5th of October 2022. I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. And we are coming at you early this week because Coronation Street was only on Monday to Wednesday this week, wasn't it? We got three episodes crammed in there at the beginning of the week. But yeah, we thought we'd, we'd get this done, get it done and out of the way early. I don't know when I'm going to upload this, but hello. It's probably not Saturday when you're listening to this unless I get very behind. We're going to be talking about the episodes of Cory. Um, oh, I already said what date it is. Yeah, you said the numbers. I haven't said the number. Do you want to say the numbers? 10,759 and 10,764. Two What did I yes, say? You said and. Oh. It's two. We're doing all the ones in between. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Let's talk about the first one and the last one and people can just make up just extrapolate what happened. We, hope we might have to make this in a short one. It's a school night and everything, but um, we'll, well, yeah. we'll see how it goes. You know, goes. you're making it longer. I know, I just like Would you like talk. a quiz? Yeah. 3rd to the 7th of October, and years ending in a 2 and a 7, coronationstreet.fandom.com. Yes, go. 3rd of go, October, go. 1997. Bill and Maureen elope to Germany 11 days following which event? The marriage of Maureen and Fred. Yeah, Fred who? Elliot. I would have also accepted Dynage. Fred <laughs> Dynage, imagine that. Uh, 3rd of October, that only no. makes sense for very small amounts. Fred Dynage is a legend, if you don't know who he is. used to do our news, so... I know, yeah. I know. 3rd of October 2007, why does Jason Grimshaw attack David Platt in 2007? Um, ooh, oh, he probably was... <clears throat> uh, mm. Did he try to sabotage Sarah and Jason's wedding around that time? It was because David put ecstasy in Dev. Oh yes, of course he did. <coughs> of course he did. It. You even asked me a question about that last week. Fourth of October, two thousand and two. Why is Richard Hillman reluctant to let Patricia Hillman's friend Charlotte Morris see her body? <laughs> because it's underneath the flats. Wrong. What? Because it's not. It's not her body. He said it was a different woman. No, I, 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 that's a point. No, it isn't. He didn't want to see her body because. He... No. Oh. No, at this point, he, her body had been. Removed oh, from the it? crime scene, yes. Oh, it had been exhumed. And he said, no, because, well, some no, somebody else had been identified as her okay. by Richard Hillman, and he was like, don't let anyone see her, because they might realise... Oh, right, I'll have half a point. No, you won't. <laughs> 5th of October, 1997. Where does Ken Barlow see John Lindsay working? Pie shop. I feel like we've had this question about 500 times. <laughs> Where? Airport. Where? Flying tie. Manchester Airport. Yeah. Half a point. Oh, 5th of up. October 2012. How does Maria celebrate the news that a lump in her breast is benign with Marcus? <laughs> oh, you didn't even need to say Marcus. I knew that. Um, getting amorous with Marcus Dent. What do they amorously do? Bonk. No, they kiss. Oh, mouth bonking. Zero. What? You're so cruel. 6th of October 1997. Abby. You're not even looking what I'm writing down. Oh, good, you beat me. 6th of October, 1997. <laughs> Who does Emily see at the graveyard? Tom Brennan. Doing what? Having a look at Ivy's grave. Yeah. Is that two points? I would have also accepted lurking, obviously. He was really properly lurking. Yeah. This was like the best week of Coronation Street. One of them. I love this week. 7th of October, 19... 19- Not this week, this week. 1997, this week. This Seven- week was not so good. <laughs> Sorry, guys. 7th of October, 1987. What is the full name of the French man that Jenny wants to marry? Patrice Podovan. How did you know that? Well Jenny done. Jenny fan. What can I say? Do you reckon that's how you say his name? Podovan. Yeah, it means wineskin. Podovan. Say it in a French way. Uh, how's it spelled? Let me have a look at it. Yeah. Go on, say it in a Pod- nice... Podovan. No, say his whole name in a nice Patrice way. Patrice Podovan. Well done. It's very, very nice when you do French. Yeah. 
Right, 8th of October mm. to 14th of October, birthdays. Guess what? It was your birthday and we didn't mention it on the podcast last week. Well, now you've done it. People know. People were saying happy birthday to Gemma on the Facebook group. I thought you might want to thank them for that. Oh, thank you. I did say thank you okay. individually, okay. I'm sure. And if I missed anybody, it's not because I'm mad at you. It's because I didn't see it. <laughs> Go on then. Who's got a birthday coming up? Guess what? What? On the 8th of October, it's Adam Bleece. Is it Adam Bleece? I was just texting him just today, actually. I should have there mentioned it. I should have known. Oh, uh, what? I know Adam Bleece, who plays? Dirk. Dirk. And Sol Harris, he was Ryan Connor the second. 9th of October, Adam Hussein, played, uh, he plays Ardi Allahan. Nice. 10th of October, producer Brian Armstrong. Sarah Lancashire, played Raquel Watts. And Jacqueline, how do you say that? Fra- Prairie. Prairie. Linda Bolden. Mm-hmm. 11th of October, Jean Alexander, who played Hilda Ogden. Classic, Deborah this is a classic Mac- week. I told you, October is the month. Okay? October is the month. This is why they have a super soap week. Uh, Deborah McAndrew played Angie Freeman and Samuel Robertson, uh. who is Adam Barlow II. Then 12th of October, writer and storyliner Tom Elliott and Le Denis, who played Michael Wadwell. Le Denis, bonjour. And Denis. 13th of October, Angela Alonso played Emma Watts. <gasps> what a cracking way to end. That week of birthday. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty good week. I mean, you've got your, you got your you better don't need to, and worst characters there. You don't need to score the week of birthdays. Oh, yeah. How, I give this week's birthdays. No, okay. How Four many presents out of five. Yeah, I'm going to take my jumper off. I don't need to know about it. Right. That was our intro. Short. Just like this podcast might be. Well, if you keep talking about how short you want the podcast to be, it's going to be longer. Let's Should we do, do street talk? Yes. Right, it is time for street talk for our for our three day week of Coronation Street. But what they what a lot mm. they packed in because there's seven different things to talk about. Yes, like Stu's been framed, and then we've got really High Summer, which is all about Summer and her antics. Then Ken makes a play for Wendy, literally and figuratively. <laughs> then we've got Bye Bye Bailey because what's his face is gone. I've got his name Wendy. <laughs> and then we've got Nukes mocks. Mock, mock, who's mooks? Mocks? Mook, mooks, you know, like a bunch of mooks. Oh, what a bunch of mooks they are. They're not called, they're called mooks, mooks, aren't they? Mooks, then. What a bunch of mooks Nobody says that mooks, in Mooks, mocks, max. No, it doesn't work in our accent. I don't care, that's what we're calling it. There's been a murder, is our second to last storyline. And then we had a little bit of double trouble in here this week as well. I know I said I want this to be a short one, but you don't need to... What was double trouble about? Bernie and Fern. Oh. Fern was in a good this movie, week, like, but she was on the phone to her. I've been watching... One scary movie a day, the whole month of October. That's Are you my doing it? Is that your? Oh, nice. And I, yesterday I watched one called "Good Night, Mommy," and that had twins in it. And they were double trouble. Good I could night, tell you that. Mommy. Well, because it's not mummy, is it? It's, they're American. Oh, okay. okay. Good night, Mommy. Recommended. I'll give it three out of five. I'll give it three sexy cyborgs out of five. But <laughs> well, now you've just got rid of the only option I could think of this week for what I'm going to score this week's Coronation Street out of Gemma. Now we've done what we're going to do. So three for Gemma's film this week. Is Coronation Street going to beat it? I've also been watching I'm going to say films. maybe not. Just a little preview. I thought that although last week's episode and the, and the week before actually were pretty high octane stuff, um, this week did not enjoy quite so much. What about you? I also have seen oh, Dash Cam, but right. not the one by the guided host, a different one, which I was tricked into watching, but it was all right. Um, Dead Snow, brilliant. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know why it took me so long to watch that, but it's great. Werewolves Within, which We've is a new Dead one. We've seen Snow before. No, we haven't. I think we have. No, we haven't. Okay. Nope, which is me telling you shut up, also a film that Michael fell asleep to. Hocus Pocus 2 and My Best Friend's Exorcism. Hocus Pocus 2 rating? Um, three out of f- three sexy cyborgs. <laughs> 
So anyway, Coronation Street this week, Gemma. I'll give it so so. Don't give it a score. Don't give it a score. Oh my gosh, stop it. You've blown right. your load, Are Gemma. You, gonna, you can't... I'll do stupid and framed. It's impossible. I'll do stupid and framed. So, it was all about him this week, and there was some exciting bit. Actually, Mondays I didn't think so bad, because we get to see Stu meeting Eliza, didn't we? His lovely granddaughter, Eliza, and that had some quite sweet moments in there, because he's getting all bit kind of a, a jitter, isn't he, about this family reunion. Has he ever... Actually, no, he's never met Eliza before, has he? So it's going to be lovely. Meanwhile, Alia, being a bit of a busybody... Has had he? I don't remember. Anyway, Ali is over. <coughs> Ali comes over later. God, and she's says, right, bloody get, sticking a roar in everywhere. She bloody is, isn't she? She says, right, Dee Dee wants you to move on to the next stage in Operation Clistu's name. And Yasmin says, yeah, go and speak to her. Because, you know, she says to Alia, you go and speak to her. Because Stu has got Eliza on his mind right now. And that is basically Yasmin giving permission for Alia to be an utter meddler. And, yeah. not, and not to drop it. I think it was like she she's some sort of robot earlier and because Yasmin programmed this into her to speak yeah. to Dee Dee, she's like, you didn't tell me not to speak to her anymore, so I'm just going to carry on and make a mischief nuisance of myself all week. So, Bridget and Eliza turn up at... I can't remember, where was it? Speed Doll? I'm going to say Speed Doll. Could have been number Somewhere. six. I don't know. Anyway, before... Oh, yeah. Stu's got looking at pictures of Eliza's kittens. That was nice. And he's given her a heart ne- necklace. It's all very heartwarming and lovely. I very much enjoyed that. Meanwhile, Alia is going over to go and see Dee Dee at number three. Dee Dee, the lawyer. Um, week two. What do we think of her so far? Find out in a little bit. Anyway, um, she says that the only evidence... that she, Sorry, she says that all of the evidence needs send them back off for retesting. So when Alia and Zidane were pretty much wall-to-wall looking through the papers this past, I'm going to say, five years, it feels like. They didn't notice that maybe some of the evidence wasn't tested, including Charlie's bag. Why did they think, right, honestly, what did they think they were going to see that that they would be able to work out was relevant? Like, some big, some, like, thing that says, student, do it. I think I said this last week, with, like, a cross (laughs) through it, going... Well, I mean, Alia pretty much saved the factory single-handedly with her idea of coloured sports bras, didn't she? So she might also be a top detective, who knows? But anyway, so Charlie's bag needs retesting on it. It didn't have Stu's DNA on it, but they apparently didn't test to see whose DNA it was covered in. Hmm, that's going to be relevant later on. So, meanwhile, back at Speed Dial or wherever, Stu's learning all about the instruments that Eliza plays. She's very musically talented. And then Alia comes down and says, Yasmeen, D-Day's D-Day, not D-Day, D-Day has made a, D- oh, a DNA discovery. It... D-D-DNA. We should have called it D-Day when she came. We should have called it D-D-DNA. Well, we'll wait yeah. till she leaves. We can call it D-Day then. <laughs> so D-Day's DNA discovery, this is going to solve the case. We've cracked it. It's all going to be fine from here. But it's going to cost a lot of moolah. And I don't know, I'm not keeping track of these characters' finances. One minute they've got absolutely no problem with it. The next minute they have got haven't got two pennies to rub together. But apparently they can't afford this at the moment. So then, sad times. Lucy comes down into speed dial. That's the daughter, isn't it? That's Stu's daughter, Lucy. Who's Bridget then? Oh no, sorry, no. Bridget's I'm the wrong. daughter. Yes, Bridget's Lucy's the daughter. The Lucy's wife. the wife, the ex-wife. ex-wife. She is not happy oh, with what she has back. Those ex family reunion. Ex-wives are worse, aren't they? I know. She has got a, she God. has got a hard face, that Lucy, hasn't she? I've definitely done it. I, I, I 
No, she, actually. What? I think I don't know who she did it. I she did do it, I reckon. I don't I mean, know. Things, didn't she, didn't they say at the end of the week, like, don't tell anyone we've done it? <laughs> no, no, they, they almost. What did they say? It was, it was, I'll get there because it's the end well, of Tuesday. I, I wasn't listening. I'll tell you. Lucy says, Bridget and Eliza, Eliza, what the hell are you doing here? Bog off. Go stop, away. Stop talking with that dirty old man there. And Bridget's like, Rude. no, I don't I don't need to listen to you. I'm here on a lovely time with, with me dad. It's great, actually. And then Lucy takes that um, opportunity to reveal to Eliza that granddad used to be in prison and kind of then flounces off having dropped that bomb. You can tell that Eliza's a boring child because she didn't go, cool. <laughs> Did you kill anyone? And then everyone's like, this is really awkward. But no, he didn't. Eliza's a bit of a grown-up Elsie, I'm going to say. She's, she a, she's is, pretty much just like a perfect little angel she's girl. She's a proto-summer. Yeah. You've got to be careful because if she gets too old, she'll get boring. She'll get boring, but then she'll get fun again by having hash brownies. So watch out for that one. Bridget says, okay, this is a little bit awkward, actually. Um, Let's go. Stu, obviously very upset by this turn of events. Oh no, my secret's been revealed. I don't know what, I I meant to rewatch this, but I can't remember, maybe people can tell me. But Alia picked up on something that Bridget said earlier about, (laughs) I think maybe... She's like, I've got a secret. We better not tell them it. She said, you definitely did do the crime that I secretly did do, but don't tell anybody. I'm leaving. <laughs> Arlie's like, and Arlie's like, hang on a minute. Do you know something about this case? And Bridget's like, no, no, I don't need anything. Don't know anything. I mean, Lucy wants to go. And Arlie says, you've got something to hide, you cow. And they all go. And Arlie is left saying, I will solve I just this mystery. She's, she's killed a man. Heron. Who's killed Sudan. a man? That man who died. Oh yeah, Hashim. Maybe she's just doing this to assuage her conscience. She's been feeling guilty about letting Hashim. I completely forgot about that. Is that that amazing but heart attack? Melt. But I wouldn't melt in her mouth. But she's actually yeah. more of a murderer than Stu is. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> she's about on the same level of murdering as Kelly Nealon. So um, lock her up is what I say. I think we should go through. Not today, obviously, because we're busy. But go through every character one by one, just remembering how many people they've killed or been responsible for their deaths. <laughs> or just been around and not, not prevented their deaths, maybe, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Stu later on gets a text from Eliza saying, oh, tar for the necklace, love meeting you, so she's all cool with that. So, so Stu's kind Phew. of fears are assuaged a little bit. I assuaged again. I know. So Alia tells her and Stu about her suspicions over Bridget. And Stuart says, no, look, they weren't even involved in this investigation. It was nothing to do with them. All they know about what happened is what came out in court. So, Alia's like, well, that's no good. I'm going to go and talk to Dee Dee about Ali's this. Alia's like... Dee Dee's very interested. There are four characters that were involved in this murder. One of them has got dementia, so we can't pin it on him because that would look really bad in the script. Uh, and then one of them said he didn't do it and we're on his side. So it must be the other two, logically. But we got taught, we, we heard about some other characters. Was it this week or last week? I can't remember. There was like a, not a brother or a, a boyfriend or... Just a ch- Murdery Bob. There, there were a couple of other characters that Stabby got brought Steve. in Stabby Steve. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I think if it's not one of these... Raymond. Very small number of characters who is so, involved in it. You like, know, oh. what was the name of the... Charlie, yeah. Charlie's hanging around with lots of unsavoury characters. Don't want a victim blame though, so it's not her fault. (laughs) So Dee Dee's like, yes, I'm I'm on the case. Is if if you do hang around with a bunch of people, all of whom definitely could have murdered you to go missing. (laughs) That's a bit worrying. That's very true. Maybe you should... Yeah, don't hang around with a bunch of sly people. You just bring it on yourself, really. It's okay to not have friends. (laughs) 
Dee Dee says, right, if Lucy knew about Stu and Charlie's affair, yeah. maybe that would have given her motive for bumping off Charlie. Oh. Hmm. So. What? Oh, yeah. Lucy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Lucy, the, Lucy, the, the, Lucy, the wife like... of Stu. Hang on a minute. He's, he's, he's done a he's, shagging. He's bonking. I'll do a murder. Mouth and groin. This, this, this. Oh, Charlie the chef. I'm going to kill her off. Why did you say off. that? We were talking about mouth bonking earlier, weren't we? With what's were her face? You? Yes, you never listened I've to anything I've eaten a tomato. Maria and Marcus. Yeah? Michael, mouth bonking is not the same as kissing. And I think a lot of people listening have just had horrible images conjured in their minds, completely unasked for. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Such a naive, a naive angel. Anyway, Alia returns to Yasmin and says, "Right, we need cash. We're gonna have to. Have Where's this money tree that we can shake? Explicit on our. No, it's all. It's, it's all not, SFW. It's not PG. <laughs> Yasmin says, "Oh yeah, Yasmin's like, I know somebody who can give me money. And I'm like, oh, who could it be? Oh, is she gonna oh, try to hit up Sharif for a bit of cash or That's something? What I thought. Or oh, maybe Sonia. I thought she was gonna talk to I her, thought, her yeah, family. Who is there She's in got the a rich past? family." Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, it's just local rich person, supposedly, Stephen Reed. Little does Yasmin know that he has also got no moolah. And um, he says... It's like, no, but if you find where any, any money is, let me know. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> Stu's, Stu comes along before Stephen gets a chance to get much of an answer out. And he's like, hey, we can't ask Stephen for that. Let's go back Let's go back to Speed Down and sort Perfect. it out ourselves. Perfect. And then they go back down to the, to the restaurant and Stu says, look... I'm not pursuing this case anymore. This is driving a wedge between me and my family. I just want to put the past in the past. I'm out of prison. Let's Bye forget gone. about it. Bye my bye family bye. is more important to me and I quite like to have a nice relationship with my granddaughter, actually. So, this is at the end of the episode where we get, very rare, no Coronation Street main character scene with Bridget and Lucy. So they're getting home to wherever they live and it looks very much By like... By a big the, hedge. Looks very much like the place where Grasmere drivers. Um, and Lucy says, right... Maybe they live in the hedge. They don't. We saw the house. Oh. <laughs> Lucy says, right, I'm not going to be spending my life behind bars just because you slip up and blab to daddy. So this is where we kind of... It's kind of um, backing up Dee Dee's idea that maybe Lucy has done something wrong there. Perhaps even stuck, been the one to stick the knife into Charlie's back or however it was she died. I don't remember. I think it's not going to be... Think, I think it's... I don't think that's true. What? I, I, I reckon it's Lennox. I think it's Lennox. Well, I think that they know... I think they know who did it. Yeah, I Because they would be a bit, so. bit casual about it if they actually did murder well, her. Yeah. The... But I think that would be cooler. This scene and I would respect absolutely more. confirmed that they know exactly what happened and they're not letting on. So, can Tuesday, I just say, yes, Bridget is an absolute little crap, crap hole. If she let her dad stay Cowboy in prison for 27 years for a crime that she knows for a fact she didn't commit just because her mum's shouting at her. Yeah. She deserves to go to prison. Well, it depends. Like, did she know, did Lucy always know about it? I've kind of lost, how old's Lucy meant to be? Old than 27. But maybe she didn't know about it all at the time. What, do you think that her mum sat down and went, right, you're 21 now, do you want yeah. to hear a secret? Family secret time. Right, here's a box <laughs> of bones. Right, so Tuesday, Stewsday, Stu is back to <laughs> moping again. And Alia is still convinced that Bridget knows something. Stu's like, no, I told you the end of last episode and it was only yesterday. We yeah. didn't even have to wait 48 hours for this gap. one. But I'm going to tell you anyway, I really want to rebuild bridges. Forget about this whole appeal thing. And then I got turned off a character that I quite like. 
Devran Alahan, Devendra, oh, sorry, Alahan. He's a massive ass to Stew in the street, isn't he? Yeah. And I get that it's like the script writer saying, "Oh, everybody's against Stew, but come on, not Dev." I, re- I reckon Dev's a legend. Been... I love Dev. I didn't like that they used him for this, uh, but I assume it's because they needed him to be in some episodes because I... he hasn't had enough this year. <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's completely <laughs> out of character for him either. I mean, he. I, he's I, an ass. He is, and he can be judgmental, and he's just had his own. Um, run-ins with near murder himself, hasn't he? So he's all very kind of fraught and everything, but I, I didn't like this. And he does the same again later. Anyway, like, I'll, for- murderer. I'll forgive you, Dev, if you do something funny next and week. And Yasmin okay? says, no, he's not. You're horrible. Yasmin says, go away. Stu, don't worry about it. Jeff, Dev's just an idiot. And Stu says, no, he's just a normal person. And normal people are always going to see me as a murderer. And it's like, oh, most people won't because most people don't know you, but never mind. Most people wouldn't re- really think about it. No, not but really. I can say it's pre- it's usually a safe bet, um, especially if you're a woman. Just assume everyone's a murderer. Yeah, you'd be right some of the time, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, she sends him off to the supply. Meanwhile, Dee Dee gets some good news on Stu's case. Um, do we know what that means? Ed's going... Oh, yes. Well, it's the yeah. two of the DNA. DNA news, and Ed's like, it? oh, you're working with a convicted murderer. And she's like, have you never seen anything about a miscarriage of justice ever? Have you and never also, seen anything that I you, do? As a black man, do you not think that it's possible the police sometimes fit people up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it felt less... Um, it felt more natural and, and less... Um, uh, I, I got less annoyed about Ed saying that because he wasn't saying it to Stu's face. So I think he was... Well, yeah. Understandably concerned, but equally, I'd you know, your daughter's about... your daughter's a lawyer. You, she's generally going to be working with a whole variety of people that have been convicted of something, Mate, well, or not a, charged with something. Depends on I what say. her area of expertise is. Well, yes, exactly. I guess we find out. Um, we we know that she's good at football law. Let's see how she knows she all does about every law there's ever been, which is how it works. So Alia meets up with Dee Dee later, and this is where the lies begin. Alia just can't let it drop. Because she knows best. And she says, oh yes, Jews asked you to talk to just me now. Don't don't bother him about it. Never talk I, to him again. I am now Stu's representative under you, his legal representative. So. And then she tells Stu, don't talk on. to anybody about this. Don't, yeah, she, she says to him, look, I've, I've told Dee Dee I want to drop the case. So as far as I'm concerned, it's all done. Um, yeah, the, the, we're all moving on, aren't we? Isn't it lovely, hunky-dory with your family? And then she says, oh, but maybe I could go and speak to Lucy myself, baby, to say sorry for yesterday. And he's like, no, just, just no. That's Shut probably going to make things worse. She's a nasty cow. It's like, I don't know if you think you've got any charisma, Alia, but you don't. <laughs> yeah, imagine Alia charming anyone into anything. And apart never. from, apart from, Who? Hunky Matt. Hunky Matt Hunky must Matt be. Hunky Matt last month. Very, very. He's got um, something wrong with him, that boy. Maybe he's a murderer. Maybe he's she's his next victim. What what happened to Hunky Matt? What's happened to Ryan and Alia? I don't know. What's happened to What's happened to Abby? Where is Abby? That's very true. Apart from the one sitting on. I think Wendy's murdered her. You reckon? Yeah, she was the last person to see her alive, probably. Well, we, you know, we're back in August when we were in in Manchester, and and we we met Sally Carmen, didn't we? And we were like, oh. he, he gonna be he filming? She's like, oh no, I'm not. I'm not filming for ages actually. And I thought, oh well, oh well, that's sad. But at least we'll get to see her a little bit. No, literally, maybe one scene. It feels like of Abby in the past two or three months. This is why it literally makes no What's sense when they write characters out for like a play or something. Yeah, like just, don't just, bother. People, we're we're all goldfish. We will all not remember. We did get a lovely story of Evelyn leaving last week, didn't we? 
move on. Moving on. So um, later on, Eliza's showed up again. She's run away from home because Gran's being horrible and Mum keeps crying. What should they do? Oh, should they phone the police? Should they phone Lucy? Should they phone Bridget? It's going to make things worse. Oh my gosh, what drama this is. Stu decides, right, we better phone, phone uh, Bridget. Can't get hold of her. Um, but then they use Eliza's phone and Lucy picks up. So clearly she doesn't want to be speaking to Stu right now. So he tricked her. What a con artist. Ergo, probably a murderer. a murderer. Exactly. So Stu goes walking down the street later and then yet again no, gets massively out. harassed by Dev. I feel so bad for Jimmy Harkison having to be such a, a, well, such a doo-doo head this week. It must be quite fun to shout at people. Yeah, but uh, I didn't. I did not. He, he's like he. He just harasses this guy who's walking down with the street his kid with his as well. Like, watch out, kid! You're gonna get murdered. I That's mean, what he does. I don't know whether Dev knows that Eliza is Stu's granddaughter. There's no particular yeah, reason, if, is there, that he yeah, should know? Yeah, but Michael, if you don't, so maybe you kind of assume otherwise. It's even worse. Like, why are you? Why is this man with a random child? <laughs> yeah, and he just I harasses her ask, into the house and's like, right, they're out of my any, sight, yeah. so I don't. I don't mind about it anymore. I don't know what he's gonna get. To ask no questions. That's my motto. <laughs> sight out of mind says Dev and then but but Ed does come along and tell Dev to leave them alone shut up you so, annoying dick Lucy and Bridget turn up to <laughs> number six later to pick up Eliza and Alia says oh hello Lucy and Bridget how lovely to see you oh, again today Stu says oh yeah we've instructed my lawyer to drop the case and everything and they're like oh wonderful oh, we will stay for tea we then. will stay for tea then if you're couldn't, not suspecting us of being murderesses anymore I like the way I like the way they're like you have accepted that you're a murderer so I'm definitely going to eat dinner in <laughs> yeah, your house now they're basically saying that haven't yeah. they you've realised like, you've seen the error of your ways and you did do it um, what's the meat in this sandwich please before I bite <laughs> into it what's the meat in this sandwich <laughs> <laughs> so um, Alia again on the case she's she's in the orangery later swiping one of Lucy's lipsticks so she can get her DNA how many characters on Coronation Street have swiped something to do a DNA test on someone over the course of the show that's what I want to know as well it's usually for who's the daddy storylines but um, anyways Dan's like what the hell are you doing we, we don't want to be doing this Leave it alone. So like the that, case is dropped. That lipstick would look terrible on you anyway. Yes, not at all your colour, Alia. After dinner, <clears throat> Alia's grilling the ladies again about why they're here. She's kind of like saying, oh yeah, have a nice, it was a nice dinner anyway. Anyway, why are you here? Because yeah. you think Stu's a murderer and exactly. you're breaking bread with him. What's going on there? And Lucy's like, oh, well, um, well I, I, I think he's paid his dues. I think he's uh, I believe in the integrity time. of the criminal justice um, system. Yeah, he's I no believe longer in rehabilitation. Exactly. Um, but it all gets a little bit awkward and Yasmin calls Alia back out into the kitchen. And so they have their dinner together. It's all time to go later on. They say they'll be in touch, but Stu does not believe it. So towards the end of the episode, Alia and Dee again, sneaky meet up. And Alia's like, oh, I've got a mugger. She drank out of this mug. I saw... Lucy's had her mouth all over this. She's slobbered right over this She's thing. like, I, I know how they cracked the Golden State killer case. What? Take this mug. Yes, yes. So Dee Dee gets mugged off and then says, well, no, actually, she, no, actually, she's not going to be mugged off, should I say. She says, police would never accept this as evidence. No good. No, this is I don't care about justice. No. I just want to know the truth. Um, why is this? Because it was obtained... Um, fraudulently or duplicitously or something well, they, yeah you can't just go around swiping people's mugs but I don't, I don't mm. people have got it's to called, give mugs um, of their own militia it's called fruit of the poisonous tree but I think in America um, the police like even if you're in a what's it called 
even if you're being interviewed and you drink out of something, they can take that mm. and get DNA off of it. Well, it's a bit like the whole um, secretly recording the conversation with your mobile phone in your handbag, isn't it? Where they've had on Coronation Street before saying, we can't actually accept this as evidence, but characters like to do it anyway, just so they know. Put it on Twitter. Yeah. So, so that, and this is what Alia says. Well, if we do the test and we would know, it's worth a shot, right? So they go, they go ahead and, and, and try and do it. But they've got to get the funds first. And that's what Wednesday... That's how I said funds, not fun. It was not fun at all. A bit dull, actually. Alia and Zidane at the beginning of Wednesday's episode are talking about, oh, isn't this been so hard on Yasmin? And in the business, it's all doing rubbish. And then she gets a text from Dee Dee saying, update, time to meet in the cafe. Come round, got something to show you. So Dee Dee says, newsflash, I've decided... I want to be a regular character on this programme. Um, I don't want to go back to LA, but don't tell anybody, because it's a bit of a secret, but yeah, I quite like it around here. Anyway, I need your signature on a form for the funds for some charity or other. So, was this what they were doing? Is there a charity for people who want to do Wrongly dodgy mug DNAing? People. And, and, so, and, and for some Ali's reason, they're completely it. fine with this evidence being unusable in court. They don't need to know the details. So Alia says, oh yeah, I'll sign the form. Dee Dee's like, oh, I don't have the form. And this is where, while we were watching it, you said, is Dee Dee's personality just going to be, she always forgets things because that's going to get a bit stale fast. Well, yeah, I mean, she's just a normal character, except at the end of a, uh, like a scene, she'll go, oh, I've just uh, chopped my own leg off by accident. How funny and zany of me. Yeah. Although I suppose... Oh, I've stirred my f- my tea with a biro. <laughs> Based on their history, this is perfect for working with Adam in the lawyer's office because Adam and Imran and um, and Todd before them were always leaving incriminating or, or you know, or, or, or private bits of evidence around, weren't they? Over on the photocopy or, or what have you. So I'm sure she'll fit in just There's fine. There's got to be a scene where she works with Adam and she accidentally takes his important paperwork to, to court and she takes her paperwork no, and they accidentally the end up... Um, divorcing a murderer. Instead of... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll wait we'll and see for that to happen. What a funny mishap. So, anyway, she ain't got the papers, but it's all right, Alia. I'll bring around to speed dial because later. Because later on, Dee Dee's like, oh, I've got the paper, but the pen doesn't work. No. Can you believe this? Well, uh, yeah, so Alia I... says, don't come around to speed dial. I'll come and get it from you later. Dee Dee's like, I don't remember any facts. Yes. Don't tell me so, anything. Uh, Dee Dee doesn't get that. Well, she doesn't process the message. She comes because she comes into speed dial the salvator and says, "Oh, I was just passing." And Alia has to then kind of dance around Zidane and and get these papers signed I without anybody fact. noticing. I love the way Zidane's like, "Why are you here? Why are you here?" I well, don't he... know. It's a restaurant. No, I no. I thought he said you come to have something to eat. I know, but he's like just seems baffled that anybody would come into the restaurant. Well, they're 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 on hard times at the moment, and they're on like one customer. I know exactly because he keeps every time someone comes in, he's like, somebody. "Why are you here? <laughs> Don't you know that Stu's a murderer?" Oops. I said you want to eat again. murder food? <laughs> Sit down then. <laughs> anyway, um, Alia is kind of sitting at the table with Didi, and actually, to be fair, on Sarah, she, actually, I quite liked her impatient acting. She was like twitching and and, and making her leg go all over the place, like me when I'm watching a boring film. But uh, so Didi's there with the paperwork, and like you said, oh, the pen's not working, and I was like, oh, I've got a pen. I'll go get a pen. It's over there. But while she's over at the at the till area, Zidane oh, happens to come over, sees Didi, and basically discovers what they're up to. Dee Dee's mad with Alia for lying because it all comes out. Dee Dee up to this point thought that it was all, you know, above board and everybody was okay with it. But now she knows that Alia's been lying about it. Zidane knows that um, she's been 
sneaking about, sneaking about and, and going about things against Stu's wishes and everybody's knowledge. So she's in everyone's bad books for all at least two scenes um, because Alia then convinces Zidane that she was doing the right thing and we need Dee Dee on her side. And that works like a treat because before you know it, Zidane goes to find Dee Dee and says, you know what, Dee Dee, we should go and send that mug off for DNA testing after all. Um, and Dee Dee goes to Alia and says, fair enough, but I'm not doing it unless Stu agrees. Not do it. I'm not doing it without him, without his permission. Um, now what she, she well, says, she says I can't do the, the case unless yeah, oh yeah, Stu agrees, right. but I can still send the mug off. Yes. Because I'm like this, this. I feel sorry for these charity people. This feels like illegal. It's appropriation of charity funds for. I know. It's like why <laughs> the charity people are like? Oh, we trust you. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. We believe in the good of all people. Well, it's like the uh, a bit like the donation earlier this year, the Save Joseph, uh, the Fine Joseph Fund, isn't it? Which um, yeah. was fraudulently acquired by Bernie's friends, uh, and the Nazis involved in that as well. Summer. What was that? That was Jasmine's money, wasn't the it? Nazir is a, uh, just a crime Didn't family she... of Weatherfield, without anybody knowing. Oh, because she she'd got all this got laundering money, money yeah. hadn't she, Yasmin? And then she donates oh, it to the charity. But I bet she wishes that she kept hold of a little bit now, hasn't she? Well, that'll teach her a lesson. Won't it? Next time you're blessed by the Weatherfield money tree, Yasmin, just put a bit just under put your it, put yeah. it under your bed, uh, just for safekeeping next time. So this week's story, um, I just oh, it's just the thing. Right, the thing is on, about what, this, okay. I know lots of people don't like the story and they're complaining and say it's boring and I can agree to a certain extent but this is also if this was like an agree ITV drama with like suspenseful music being played and like um, good looking lady police officers who are in their mid 30s staring into the, the windswept seas and thinking about the poor victim this would be quite exciting and gripping so what is it that's that's not gripping people it's taken too long and um, I think, and I, also, it's it's kind it's kind of hard to root for Stu, and he's like, I'm not bothered anymore. I was gonna say it's just really, really hard to root for Alia and be on her side, and I, I, I just can't, I can't get excited about anything that Ali does, and it's it's a shame, and it's not, it's nothing against Sarah, and and her performance. I just don't find her a character that I find myself rooting for for pretty much anything even when it was her going up against jeff sometimes i was like oh jeff just you know just kill her just, just yeah just bonk around the head with that with that cash chin that's right you do. so it's it's just because she feels she comes across as being very righteous self-righteous doesn't she and like you're looking meddling she's, she's yeah she's meddler it's like she's got literally nothing interesting in her life, so she goes meddling around She doesn't really things. have a That's personality Alia. either. No. Really? Or, no. or she does, it's a really boring one, like... But that yeah, one, what's your personality? Is, like, I like my family... That that kind of, but that is her personality, and that's kind of what she always that's was. That's not personality, when she, when she was brought in, she was kind of the sensible... Nazir child wasn't know, she yeah. against Zidane's moody teenager-ness um, she's kind of like Summer she is a bit like she's a grown like a blank, Summer isn't blank she slate so who has struggles I mean I do, I do like Yasmin 
I think that she's gone off the ball since the since the Jeff story. I've said that before. Zidane I used to really like, but he's just a grump. So, <laughs> so it's yeah, not we, a great we got, a, we got a dull meddler, a grump. It's because you don't, yeah, it's not like all the plucky, it doesn't feel like all the plucky, you know, misfits up against the system. Mm. Um, and it's quite the same way as it would do of, of a different gang. Like, imagine if it was, I don't know, Kevin, Tyrone and Abby involved in helping Stu to win his uh, innocence or prove his innocence. It'd be quite... I feel like they'd get into more hilarious, fun scrapes and you'd be like, oh, I hope that they managed to pull this off. Whereas it's Ali, it's like... And I think I like Stu. And he's been in it a year. I think think this year's... This week was his year anniversary, actually, since his first appearance. And I do like him, but... I'm the thing kind of, is, it's clouded in my mind a bit because I'm thinking, oh, he's involved with the Nazir story. But there's no stakes like here. What's the stakes? There's no like Stu doesn't care. Yeah, they don't serve stakes. Lucy, haha, Lucy and um, <laughs> Lucy and Bridget. I don't, I don't know enough about them to really care whether they got away with murder or not. I, and this I, Lennox guy, I just feel bad for him. I see. I, I just think it was. I think it was him. I think they're gonna say it's him. Well, no, that's the what fa- I mean. I feel bad for him because he's. You know, and living in, in a tragic existence. The so way... I don't care whether they find, you know, because at the end of the day, even if they say, oh, he definitely did it, he doesn't remember doing it. It's it... an interesting philosophical question about whether you can truly punish somebody for a crime that they genuinely don't remember ever committing. Yeah. But I don't feel like I'm that invested in solving the problem. But, I mean, Lucy's the one that said, I don't want to spend life behind bars. So I, I think. The fact that the, the way these things work is it's never the person that people immediately suspect genuinely, genuinely, generally. So I think it is because people are saying it's Lucy, it ain't going to be Lucy. Yeah, I don't think no. it's going to be Bridget because even though yeah, she's got before. some sign of secret, she seems to be innocent-ish. So We've I think that before, Lucy, Michael. I'd say Lucy, I'm still yeah, saying, she right. was having an affair with Lennox. Yes. Lennox is the one who, who bumped off Charlie. Lucy, uh, Lucy knew about it. So even if it turns out that it was him, she's still going to get in massive trouble about it. That's why she's worrying about going to jail. So the justice will be, I guess, Lucy will get sent down and Bridget, oh, but will she get sent to prison as well? Because well, she's also on, known about it. It depends on whether Lucy's understanding of the situation is, is actually correct. Because yeah, she could yeah, have been told have been by Lennox, if you tell anybody I did this, then you'll be capable, culpable just as much as I am. And she believed him. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think Lucy's... I, th- I don't think Bridget's going to... Um... Bridget's a bit gormless. Oh, I don't mind. She wears cowboy boots, don't she? She's, oh, she's, she's got, got more bad... personality than Ali. <laughs> just mm. put the boots. <laughs> um, speaking of... Sorry, Alia, you know... Next. No, not next. Well, not really not. It's fine. Speaking it's of Alia. No, I wasn't going to say speaking of Alia. Going backwards to what we were saying about Zidane. What is, people are reckoning that Dee Dee and Zidane are going to be romantically entangled here. What do you think about that one? Don't like I that idea. I didn't see it coming, but I've no seen two way. people independently of each other suggesting Dee it Dee now. is way too much for, for uh, Zidane to handle. If he could not handle Rana, he cannot handle Dee Dee. Zidane and Rana are really nice together. Zidane is a very traditional, quiet, humble, arrogant, (laughs) um, devout Muslim man who cares quite a lot about his religion, even though they've probably forgotten that and they don't want you to remember that that, that he was quite religious. I can't see somebody like Didi wanting to yeah i mean i know there's chalk and cheese and everything but i just they, they don't seem like they're right together she seems like a very kind of uh, what's the word independent woman mm. and i think that 
Zidane's traditional family values. Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. Wouldn't really mesh well with her life priorities. But mm. you know what? If you fall in love, then you fall in love. Yeah. But I can't see myself wanting to spend that much amount of time with a man who does his hair with a ruler. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it's a bit of a shame for Dee Dee that she's been put into this storyline because I, well, I really liked... She's the liked, most interesting part of it. She is now, but I really liked how they launched her last week into right straight in. First episode, she's there defending James. And I'm not a no, massive fan of James, but... It, she she showed what she was capable of and she was confident and she could get to the point and, and you know, bam, 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 James gets his extra moolah. But, yes, yeah, so having her kind of settle down for a little while in the midst of this story is... I, I don't know whether it's going to do her a disservice. I, I hope that they... Um, I, I like hope that her. They, I think they hurry good. it up. She, the trouble she's is, fine, this, but... is, is, this is um, hospital set syndrome where you build a hospital set and suddenly everybody on Weatherfield's got something wrong with them. You bring a lawyer into the show and suddenly everybody's got legal problems that they need sorting out. Well, th- this has been the thing in Coronation Street for years, though, hasn't it? Since Ever since well, Todd and, and Adam set up the practice. Is that the right word? Or is that a doctor? Well, they haven't learned how to do it yet, so probably. Um, so, yeah, there are lots of people in need of lawyers. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to Dee Dee, but you're right that the shtick with, oh, I'm such a ditz. Like, I'm, per- I'm like 100% weapon. perfect, except our... Oh no, I forgot I was wearing a, a bucket instead of a hat. Mm. So, <laughs> so Now the judge doesn't take me seriously. Ugh. Yeah, so I, I think that this mug is going to come back. Who? No, the <laughs> mug. And it's going to say that that doesn't match. It doesn't no, match They're not even you. taking the bag no, to get dna are they? What are, they, what are they testing it against? I think they just want to have Lucy's DNA so that at some point they can convince the police to retest the well, bag, Well, it doesn't make maybe. any sense. But in any case... It doesn't make any difference. I, I don't think it's going to be Lucy. But what do I know? I'm usually wrong about these kind of things. Um, maybe know, we'll find out next week. It's all very well saying it's never usually the person you suspect, but I think Coronation Street sometimes doesn't expect us to have thought this long about something. So it is who we suspect because... I know. I, I like that they're putting twists in it and everything. It's just something's not quite good for me about it. Next. But anyway, um, let's do a more interesting... Oh, wait. It's the summer song. No, this is a drug storyline. <laughs> okay, this is fun. Um, on Tuesday... Hi, Summer. On Tuesday, Summer and Aaron out on the town. What are they going to do? They want to go <laughs> kiting. Yeah, they're going to go naked kiting. I love it. This is script writers are like, everyone says that Summer and Aaron are boring, guys. What should we get them to do? It's like, oh god, what sort of what fun could they get out to? Naked kiting, I feel, yeah. Right, okay. Um, I say d- don't do that. I say do because no. if the kite gets stuck in a tree, Aaron just has to stand on his tiptoes maybe to get it, and he can reach it from any height. I'm talking about the nakedness. So if you get that rope wrapped around you, you could get a rope burn where you don't want it. Very true. You don't want rope burn anywhere, but. No. There are more sensitive areas to protect. <laughs> so they go to buy one at the cabin that there aren't any, and then they talk about going indoor skydiving, and they say that's too. That's Rita too sells nothing that provides fun in the sky. She doesn't nope. sell fireworks. Nope. She doesn't sell kites. Nope. Probably no drones. No drones. Nothing. Um, what nope. else can you have fun with in the sky? Um, no paragliders. Nothing like that. What about you? Remember those little um, toys you used to get inside eggs and stuff, which was a little metal parrot paraglide man with a plastic 
yeah. Little parachute. Maybe, they were so great, they? weren't they? Yeah. Well, bring those back. Also, she sells bits of paper which you can fold up to be paper aeroplanes. But if Rita catches you doing it, she'll give you a clip around the ear. Yeah, because you'd have someone's eye out. <laughs> oh, storyline for next year. Summer, <laughs> summer blinds max. Okay, right. So Aaron, Aaron's like, oh, I've got some money for indoor skydiving. Um, I stole my dad's wallet um, so that he couldn't buy booze, which, you know, that's good then. Noble thieving. Mm. Uh, and then he looks around like and he finds a, a bag of... Thievery. Huh? I said it's like a bit of noble thievery. He dig around in the wallet and find a bag of weed. Drugs. And Aaron's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do something wild. <laughs> so they decide to go faking. <laughs> it's the most boring thing, isn't it? To do with marijuana. I wouldn't know what to do with a bag of marijuana. No, I wouldn't really <laughs> Can you not just lick it? I suppose you can't, otherwise that would be the easiest thing to do, wouldn't it? As I said earlier, I'm very naive about the ways of the world. I am as well. I probably wouldn't even recognise that. If I found that, yeah, I'd be like, ha, imagine if this was weed. Anyway, let's go skydiving. What was it that happened with Izzy and the coriander? Do you remember? She got sold some, didn't she? I think she did, yeah. Oh, dear. (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny if that's what it was and they'd fit into it? They just pretended. Yeah. They just imagined yeah. Okay. You know that you know you don't need you can you can do this with nutmeg apparently, but apparently it's a really rough. Well, if you put ride. nutmeg in a brownie. No, no. If you eat enough <laughs> nutmeg, you can get this kind of reaction that. Turns but you apparently, it's really bad. It's not a good time. Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Drugs everybody. are bad. Okay. Right. So someone's like, look, this reminds me of when I did drugs and um, I did a woozy thing. In the... Talking about wild, Aaron. I'm um, a spice addict. I don't I'm not like talking about the band. I don't want to do any more drugs. And I was like, don't worry. That's a cold drug in Manchester. This is marijuana. I'm fast, says Summer. And it makes my dad happy, so it'll make us happy too. So they go and they <laughs> make some brownies, and you can tell that they're high because they smear it all over their face. <laughs> think this is great so i just remember him back to it and thinking oh Aaron and summer um billy and Todd come home and Thanks. billy's like oh my goodness um no he first of all he's like wow how great that you've made these brownies we should give them to the bishop yes the bishop's coming around today the bishop's coming for tea and they're like ha 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 ha, ha. it was and kind Todd of says, funny but it, well, i thought this was funny todd todd sniffs the brownies and says oh i think they're on drugs <laughs> <laughs> and Billy's like, you're naughty. And they're going, <laughs> Billy's like, I don't know anything about drugs. I've never done any kind of drugs in my like, life, says Busy. Billy. B- Billy's like, this is a gateway drug. Everyone knows this. If I take one bite of this, I'm going to be on heroin next week again. And yeah. I've already, I've already, um, it's like falling off a cliff as a gateway drug. So, um, they're trying to tell, he's trying to tell them off and they're like, whatever, loser. <laughs> <laughs> and then the bishop's like, hello, I've come early. And he's like, Todd, Todd. Well, Billy is just like, I tell you what, one thing I really like about Billy is that it's totally useless in any kind of emergency because he just kind of like waves his arms around and panics. <laughs> he does. It's great. Like, oh, he's oh, like, oh no, oh no. Know? Get him in the back. Oh. So um, they hide the kids and then... Um, they're, they, Billy thinks it's all okay and they've, they've kind of managed to hide all the brownie evidence and then they realise oh gosh there's another brownie on the table and the bishop's about to eat it and they're like don't eat that it's for charity <laughs> they should have had Adi jumping in and going no, no! and then just eat it <laughs> yeah, I've taken one for the bishop I've taken a brownie for the bishop <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um, 
So he's like, well, sorry, but I already ate one. Oh, yeah, that was, that was quite, a, I quite liked how they did that. He's like, oh, yeah, no, you're right. I'm Temptation sorry, is always in your way. Oh, I've already eaten one. Because at that point, we were thinking, oh, we're not going to see the bishop high I on brownies. I want the bishop to get high on brownies. And we did. So he's, like, having a great time. And um, and Billy's like, it must be the camomile tea. <laughs> yeah, what do they put in it? Um the bishop's like, brilliant, I've had a brilliant time. I'm going to go just, home on the bus. I and just remember like, the best no. line of the week. <laughs> when Billy's telling Aaron and Summer off and he's like, how could you be so irresponsible? And Aaron says we use fair trade chocolate. <laughs> I did, it was the best line. I, I did that. not particularly enjoy some of this story. And I thought you know, it was a bit silly and everything. But that was, that was, a, that was a brilliant line amongst kind of kind of cliche on drug sort of that stuff. That was like the proper, mid, This these people are middle class. Yeah, that was good. Whoever wrote that one, gold star from me. Like yeah, well week. done. So, um, he, Todd has to give him a lift home because they do not know what a high bishop would end up getting up to. When, when they've left, Billy calls Summer and Aaron out and they calm down a bit and he says, oh, you're going to lose my job over this. It's like, well, doing what? <laughs> yeah, I'll never be able to dish out soup to the homeless again. Exactly. Maybe that's what the bishop was going around for. He's like, right, performance management review, Billy. What have you been up to this year? So what's, your, what's been uh, your most successful flavour of soup? Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, and you, you've you've done drugs before you went to hospital. How could you do it again? Mm. And I, honestly, though, I can't believe he wasn't going, Summer, you're so irresponsible. I can't believe you would do this. Brownies? You're diabetic. <laughs> you can't have brownies. Billy's Next just... time you want marijuana, smoke it like everyone else does. <laughs> Billy's just worried that the uh, the Mayhew family are going to get a bit of a reputation at this point because he's got him on heroin. His brother Lee as well, drug dealer. Smackhead. Summer is now the spice and, um, and marijuana maiden of Weatherfield. <laughs> God, what next? Um, What's Summer's robot going to be like, on? <laughs> don't know. Um, Summer's like, no, I can't either. Um, Summer's like, whatever. And she goes, ends up at the cafe. And she's like, I don't care. I had a great time on high on drugs. And then Todd says to Billy, oh, it's just what teenagers do. Haven't you seen Bake Off recently? (laughs) (laughs) On Wednesday, Summer's feeling a bit down. And Billy's like, sorry, I overreacted. And Summer says, don't worry, I won't do it again. And then I've got to go to get my insulin pump fitted. And Billy's like, oh, good. Heat pump? Oh no, an insulin pump. <laughs> Billy says you should. That never have... happened in the end, did it? I think I was kind of semi no drifting cares. out of in and out of consciousness. It literally doesn't of matter. Story. I want to. I want to see this heat. Yeah, insulin pump. But he said it though. Right. Um, they're talking about. He says, "Ask Aaron to go with you." So uh, they talk about Aaron's deadbeat dad in the weed, and Paul overhears it, gets really mad, and then. Aaron's dad comes looking for Aaron at the garage, grabs him and starts asking him where his drugs are. Where's the weed? And that then... was a good um, cut to the break moment, wasn't it? Because it was had the, uh, the the Coronation Street title card over uh, Aaron's dad threatening him and he was just going... Uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a Gale finger dangling moment with Gale the engagement ring. That, that one was. Uh... So... Uh, Tyrone tries to break it up and Kevin comes over and I was like oh Kevin's there he's going to punch him he probably. didn't like drugs he doesn't he's like enough it. of them with Abby Kevin's like a confused Yorkshire Terrier who just sees people having a fight and starts biting people's ankles <laughs> just out of principle so um, he's like you're drunk Aaron's not going home with you and the so dad, the yeah. dad leaves and says see you later waste of space <gasps> 
Against Summer's advice, Aaron heads home to check on his dad, but then when she catches up with him in Victoria Gardens later, he's covered in bruises that his dad um, gave him, beating him up, and Summer's really worried about him. They go to the flat, Paul comes up, he starts having a go at... Um, a go at Aaron about the drugs and he thinks he's a thief and a drug addict and he starts attacking Aaron. Well, no, Aaron, Aaron's just tries to walk off, doesn't he? He doesn't well, want to have any yeah, more this abuse Paul's from just Paul. having a go at him and then... Paul grabs his bad arm and he goes, oh, yeah. And then Aaron reacts and punches him in, in the nose and uh, Summer <laughs> wants Aaron to tell Paul the whole story but he won't and he leaves and Summer follows him, finds him moping in the cafe, he thinks he's let her down he, she says he, he hasn't and you need to tell everyone about your dad. Then Paul tells, Paul summons Billy to the flat and tells him he's on drugs. And Billy's like, yeah, they were good though. They were good brownies. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, I don't understand. what Did they eat all these brownies? What happened to the last brownie? Did they eat all these brownies? They could have just given uh, Aaron's dad some brownies. He would probably like that. Yeah. That would have chilled him out a bit. Well, it was his weed after all. Exactly. It's probably his favourite type. Probably. Um, Billy's like, look, don't don't be horrible because he's having a hard time and Paul's saying he wants Aaron done for assault Summer finally wears Aaron down and he says he'll tell Billy about his dad and then Kevin comes in oh, I don't understand so Billy goes back to the flat no Aaron goes back to the flat and tells Billy about his dad and Billy does pray hands pray hands <laughs> <laughs> well, if that would help then we would all be fine wouldn't we um, he says, stay here with us. And Aaron's like, but what about Paul? And everyone's like, no, who cares about Paul? Just ignore him. Um, he says, I'm sorry that I hurt him, but he reminded me of my dad. And then Billy dashes off to the police station to catch Paul before he t- tells the police about Aaron. And he begs him to give him another chance. So they go back to the flat and Aaron apologises. And Paul says, Paul gets alone with Aaron and says, Summer can do better than you. Bugger off and leave Summer alone. So he's basically like saying... It doesn't actually say this, but maybe he will at some point decide if you don't leave it somewhere alone, I'm going to tell the police that you beat me up. Yes, basically, he's got that hold. I, I quite liked how they had Paul take this stance on drugs. Gemma wasn't mentioned at all, was um, was she? But the fact that Gemma used to hang around a lot with those druggy types might give Paul uh, an understandable... Um, dislike. Dislike of, of, well, of all things narcotic. There's, it's a sort of um, a normal stance to take, isn't it, really? Like well, your, appa- apparently not. Your, your, your teen daughter slash friend <laughs> slash cousin <laughs> slash niece. I'm whatever. so over this three gay but, Okay, Okay, right. But he feels responsible for her and this kid's a, a, like obviously messed up and um, it, the kind thing to do would be to help him like Billy wants to but you know Paul doesn't need to worry about being kind he can just be realistic mm. and tell him to get lost yeah and honestly this is a soap so really Paul's right because Aaron will be trouble something bad will happen with him and his dad I'm sure there'll be some kind of escalation who knows what Paul um, what Aaron's dad's gonna do and if Paul if Aaron's gonna accidentally like push him down some stairs or something no doubt who dad yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or he's going to die of a horrible overdose or he's going to end up in hospital with alcoholic complications. I, I wish or... they'd shared one of these brownies with Alia. Alia be like, who cares, man? Who cares know. about DNA? Not me. <laughs> yeah, so going back to Paul, yes. I was kind of glad that he took that stance. 
Because it seems like everybody else on Coronation Street is just of the view that it's okay. <laughs> I know. I think... I, right, yeah, and I think that Billy's main problem was not that it was drugs, but it is illegal drugs. And stolen illegal drugs. Stolen illegal drugs. I, no, I don't know. I think he. I don't think he'd like it to think that someone who's only just turned eighteen and everything. Remember, I don't. And she and and he knows that she is a little bit as as I am naive to the ways of the world and everything. It's quite funny though because obviously this country has got um, a very harsh legal uh, view of of marijuana compared to other countries. We know in America and. Okay, in parts of different countries it's legal and it's not at all here well, yeah marijuana is one of those drugs that yeah just over the past 10-15 years or whatever more and more places have been going oh it's alright but but well, we're still not saying that but there are country. lots of yeah exactly but lots of people in this country are saying no no it really is okay yeah I know and but there's, the funny thing to me is that there's no political push or or will at all to even consider should we legalise this oh, drug. I read somewhere that this high up policeman just recently said, oh, maybe we should. Yeah, but there's no, like, it's not like a campaign or, and people aren't talking about it. I think it's because it's kind of, I don't know. I think it's yeah, easy no, to right. get hold of. And and if you want it, you can find it. And the police don't really, we don't really have the same problem. I don't know, but I don't feel like we have the same problem as we, they did in America where you people were getting overcharged and chucked in prison for, for you know, decades of their life because of mm. marijuana I think it's kind of like live and let live I mean I I, I kind of my knowledge of the legal battles <laughs> in America about the legalisation of marijuana is basically from watching episodes of South Park so that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's as much as I know and, and yeah you're right it did feel like more of an issue there and yeah n- nobody really is talking about nobody, it nobody no I don't and, think and anybody I, but, but but it seems like, and again, looking online, seeing what people are saying on Facebook, on, on, on forums and everything, on Coronation Street forums this week, it seems like the overriding view is, yes, it is safe, safer than nicotine and alcohol. Um, it's normal. Everybody does it. <laughs> and I'm just there going, oh, I'm a bit of an alia here, aren't I? <laughs> but my obviously, my th- I, I don't drink. I don't even drink alcohol. So... Obviously, I'm going to be thinking the same thing about marijuana, or isn't it naughty? Um, but I mean, that this is this is the message that we were fed ever since we were young, wasn't it? It was very kind of hard line on all drugs are bad at school, um, and and we we didn't ever hang around with the sort of people who did take drugs, did we? No, I no. Um, um, the thing is, whenever you say Literally, this, people the squarest think you're of the being. Square. You're being, you're either being awfully naive and pathetic or you're lying because you've done drugs. But Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the statistic is, but it's like a surprisingly high... Well, no, I just looked this up. So, oh, the proportion Ooh. of uh, 16 to 59-year-olds in the UK, or in England and Wales, reporting ever using cannabis in their lifetime. Cannabis. That's this one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay. So I'm not I'm not down with all the street know what it names. Is. Okay, listen. So in 2001 to 2002, it was 23.6% of people. When was that? 22 2001. 2001. And then 2013 to 2014, it's gone up to 30 30%. Right. And that's the so, last one, was it? Yeah. So a th- basically, yeah, so it's saying a third of adults in this country have tried it at least once in their and life. And that just to me goes like what it's a little bit like you know when we did the the feature discussion on marriages earlier this year and it said 
how but, what but how there's like fifty five percent of couples don't get married anymore, and it's like, what? Well, that's not true, is it? <laughs> Michael, you're so it doesn't matter. Oh, I just does that's it? out of touch. It I does, know I'm It doesn't out really of touch. matter to me what other people do, though. Do you, do you care? I don't care. I don't particularly care, but it still surprises. The only me. thing that the only thing that I would say about legalizing a marijuana is that I don't agree with it because it stinks, and already if you walk around, you can smell people around certain places I think it's only in recent years I've kind of recognised what the smell is I know, literally in the last couple of years that's because I that's told how, you what it was that's how sheltered I am but, but yeah what I what I thought about this week's Coronation Street I was just very surprised how more people not that many people were talking about it but more people than I would have expected were saying oh don't worry it's just marijuana because that's like Coronation Street saying you know, that this illegal thing is actually okay. And but, I, and I wouldn't have thought that, you know, this premier television show would be a lot, would want to have minute. this stance. What are you saying that Coronation Street says about... Coronation Street are having characters kind of saying, oh yeah, it's okay, it's only marijuana, everybody does it. I, but I've seen people online saying that they thought it was shocking and awful how badly marijuana use was portrayed. Well, just They're like Summer oh, and Aaron's... how dare they say that drug addicts make brownies and laugh? <laughs> I, I don't get what the problem was about it because, like, if you if you're so involved in it that you've forgotten that it's illegal, I think you need to take a bit of a breather. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It is it's still illegal. Mm. I just but I, equally, I... I don't agree with just saying, oh, it's illegal, therefore I'm not even going to think about about it and it is it's like, just automatically bad and it is it is very odd i mean it's not the first time either because i mean this whole thing of characters who you might not expect to get high inadvertently have some cannabis that's been done on coronation street before more At than least once twice. and it's always played for laughs mm-hmm. isn't it and it's like well, they, it's don't, they don't have people shooting up on the heroin for laughs as funny as it might have been it's for Billy like and it's not like they have people thought, murdering each other for laughs but I thought it's kind of like <laughs> is it not not very addictive I think that's right I was going to look this up I think it's maybe not supposed to be very addictive I don't know anything about it just showing I think we're showing our asses here about how little we know about this oh I totally I happily admit that I don't know anything about it I need to go it's back and listen to our discussion we're not talking it. about and even what I said earlier was just a joke not talking about our opinions about whether it should be legal or not, but the way that Coronation Street portrayed it is, like you say, interesting. I don't believe for a minute that people who work in the creative industries don't know quite a lot about <laughs> recreational <laughs> drug use. <laughs> not wishing to, to name names, but it always feels... Not that I would na- know any names, but it just feels that Coronation Street has got quite a funny, quaint attitude towards... Marijuana specifically. We've had like Emily Bishop and and Rita and that lot. They had brownies, didn't they? And also, um, what's her face? Stephanie Stephanie Cole. Um, Roy's mum. Sylvia. 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 And and I did find that they they were funnier than Summer and Aaron. But like when when Izzy was doing drugs or doing marijuana, (laughs) it was like like she bloody murdered a grandma and sucked her blood out. I know, but the way everyone was acting towards her and how, how she got dragged into court and. And she tried to defend herself. And in the end, it seemed like the, the show was going, well, she did the crime. Mm. You know what I mean? She was just using it for pain relief. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I do wonder, like, if marijuana ever does become legal in this country, just whether there'll just be a massive influx or like a, a wave of just people just 
smoking it. But although I mean, maybe they wouldn't on Coronation Street they because they don't even spits. show people smoking cigarettes on Coronation well, Street anymore. It's all vapes, it. isn't it? Yeah, they are vapes. But does that smell? Maybe, I don't well, know. I bet, I bet Stu would like a. Why? Uh, I just don't know. I, he's I, a criminal. I just see. Maybe maybe that's very. Um, I don't care anymore. Yeah, maybe I'm just yeah, I'm just being very ignorant there and and. Uh, Why you? I don't even get what you're trying to say. The only thing I can think of that you're just getting homeless. at. <laughs> oh, I just know that. Um, and in jail. I know that chefs. Sorry for my stereotype. Being a very high stress job, there's quite a lot of drugs going on in the kitchens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so um, there you go. That's what two people that don't know anything about drugs and have actually never seen drugs in real life. I was I was just shocked. I totally thought shocked. about that. You're right. such a square, Michael. You know, I know. I totally am. Alia would love me. Uh, what, if just, you, what, if some, what if you ate a brandy by accident and you were like <laughs> I just don't like the idea of it I know you that's don't. why I don't drink I'm happy enough the way I am Aww. I was I, I, I did say that when we were watching this this week's episodes and, and I'm just going to drop this in <laughs> out of nowhere because I'll forget to say it otherwise I want Stephen to be a serial killer of boring characters and that would make him the best serial killer ever wouldn't it mm-hmm. bump off all the characters that are mega dull and he's already made such a good start with Leo so maybe he could move on to you know killing off Simonex or killing off Alia or there's, there's, there's any number of characters that he could bump off I think that would be a great idea that's just my you know prediction I think that's a good idea and I would desire stand behind Coronation him Street. what do we think about poor Aaron getting beaten up um, Don't say he's asking for it. No, of course. You can't even <laughs> joke about it. No, I know. It's What it's, is there to say? Um, I feel really bad for him. I wish it was the character that I sympathise with no. more. Oh. I don't mind Darren, but I'm not like, you know, he's not on he my top ten He just looks too much like moment. Robert Pattinson to me. So I'm just thinking, just, just wait till your dad to sleep and just bite him and drain him of blood. Just like in Batman. Just like in... Twilight. Right. Next up, we got Ken makes a play for Wendy. And for me, this was the saving grace of this week. Even though it did get a little bit silly at points, this was the one that I was like, oh yeah, we got some we got some proper Cory actors, we got some proper ledgers here. I'm I'm not and, and it was supposed to be a bit of a B story as well. I think with the stew story and the summer story, everyone was like, Oh, this is the big murder story, or oh, this is the big issues drug story. With this It wasn't one, an just... issues drug story though. Okay, it was issues a story about get person getting beaten up by yeah Yeah. exactly and so when there's stories like that and i'm not mega into it i feel a little bit guilty this one though it was just it was just here's a load of characters doing a bit of amdram and uh, and i could just kind of sit back and enjoy this so it was fine so it all starts off on monday with brian finding ken working on the script in the cafe so um, remember, Ken has decided, or no, Nigel has asked him where he could pep up the script a little bit with his elite writing skills. And Ken's like, oh, I'm not that good. Oh, well, yes, go on, then I'll take over the whole thing. So Brian's kind of pointed out that Wendy's part in the play seems to be growing by the day and is kind of clearly insinuating here that Ken has got the hots for Miss Crozier. Everyone's got the hots was. for Miss Crozier. I know. And, um, and maybe you're, you're kind of bigging up her part a little bit too much. And Ken's like, no, 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 never. But then he has a pensive look and think, oh, maybe I do actually fancy the pants off of her. Later on, um, there's a funny scene where Mary's telling Brian all about Wendy's history with Ken back in the 80s. And about, they have this funny conversation about how exotic and femme fatalish the name Crozier is, don't they? Just compared to Papadopoulos, which is quite funny. And they agree that if... 
Ken seems to be favouring Wendy too much in his script adaptations, then they shall usurp him and get rid of him from the, from the playwriting group. So, Ken, Wendy, Brian, and I've written Ken again here, I don't know who it was, Mary, meet up in the community centre later. Yes, it was Mary. Yes, community centre. The, the, the obvious place seen... for... Not, not since Frieda's protest last yeah. year. Brilliant scene, everybody. I'm not going to back down on that. Bloody love that Frieda scene. So I, the one thing I did think about this Amdram story this week is, haven't they got a proper place to rehearse? I don't know anyone who does amateur dramatics, but it just feels like they they don't practice. They don't like clear the tables away in, to one side in the pub and act it out there. or And they don't book out, you know? Haven't can't yeah. they just have a little mini theatre or something to go in? Or, or, or it's not the community centre the correct place to go, Michael. I suppose it is. I so suppose it's the exact it is. place they should go. Or does Brian still? Uh, not Brian. Nigel. Does he still work at the school? I thought he did. I can't remember. Can't they go in his classroom? Why can't is they the have problem? Daniel's old classroom? They've gone to the community centre. Okay, fine. They're at the community centre. It's just been weird now. Mary has discovered she's got more lines cut in favour of Wendy, and Ken says, "Oh." It makes total sense. But Ken and Wendy's like, yeah, of course, my characters would have more to say in this part of the story. And Mary's like, well, I'm not having it around with all this blatant favouritism. I'm off to pub. So the meeting basically collapses at that point. Wendy uh, leaves as well. Brian tells Ken, everyone's noticed that you fancy the pants off Wendy and you're giving her more and more lines. Just... Just admit it. And Ken's like, never, I would never fancy that Wendy Papadopoulos. She wrecked my marriage. Rah, 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 rah. Tuesday's episode, Ken finds Mary after the storming out incident the previous day and says, sorry for changing your part in the play so much. She is not in a very forgiving mood, however, and is busily writing some changes to the script of her own. Then we have Nigel, who couldn't make it to Monday's episode for whatever reason. They all have uh, this rehearsal in the pub, as I say. That's, you know, the, 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 they could have at least gone into the select to do it, couldn't they? They should have found a little secret door just towards the back by the dartboard and gone, oh, there's, there's a whole massive room out the back here. Why, why haven't we remember? Oh, yeah, I remember that from 30, 40 years ago. Let's practice in here. They've got a stage and everything. <laughs> Ken's like, I played the trumpet in here once. How could I forget it? So anyway, they, they do a bit of a scene. Nigel thinks that Brian was terrific. I'm starting to question Nigel's um, ability to judge people's acting talent here. Um, but, but then she says, oh, Mary, you, you did what you had to do, Mary. That's, sorry, I wasn't prepared for that. That wasn't very good, was it? Nigel wants to hear Wendy's monologue next. He says, oh, it's fantastic. Brilliant writing, Ken. You've done a proud, excellent. And Ken's like, oh, well, you know, it was nothing. I just, I just farted it out one morning. Mary's mega unhappy by this point. She says, no, this monologue that Wendy's saying, that should have come from my character. And Nigel kind of poo-poos the idea and applauds Ken some more as if his head couldn't get any larger. The funny thing about this sort of story is you have to see actors pretending they can't act, don't you? And that's all. that must always be a bit of a tricky one to do. I know. I, th I think it's a, a real... <coughs> it's a real show of proper skill because it's very, very easy to be terrible, isn't it? Mm. Like, you pretend to be bad at acting, but being just plausibly bad enough yeah. that you're not very good, but you're also not great. See, I, I, I think... Sorry, Gunny and Patty. I think that they OTT'd it a little bit too much this week with their just just over dramaticism and 
um, and, and um, oh, I can't remember the word is. Uh, yeah, I think that they went over the top for laughs. And because and, and if you've got Nigel there saying, oh, well, you're wonderful, Brian, and he's doing this, what was that? That you did something in this second episode where he almost breaks the glasses in the pub with this, how loud he shouts, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's some like, kind of Quasimodo not, character. I, I, I didn't what like that. What is the that. story of this, of this play? And, and I'm also thinking, so is everybody who's in this play a character on Coronation Street... Has he kind of swept through the whole of Weatherfield trying to find the creme de la creme of not actually professional acting talent and it just so happens that everybody lives on the street together? Is it because there's so much drama on Coronation Street that if you live there you've naturally got some bit of acting talent? I don't know. But anyway, um, that's my little aside there. Mm. Anyway, at the bar... Brian warns Ken that Mary is threatening to quit at this point. So they go back to the group. Ken says to Nigel, look, can I work with... No, sorry, can you work with Wendy this afternoon instead of me, Ken? Because that's my way of showing that I'm not um, showing too much favouritism to, to, to Wendy. So Ken takes Mary next door to practice at his house. Nigel comes round and says, I've been working with Wendy. Oh, she's a remarkable woman. No. Oh, that was all right. No, that was bad. Oh. Um, oh, boy, well, oh, she's a remarkable woman. Well, everybody so she is. Uh, do a poll. No, that's, I've done better than that. That was worse the second time. I know. He says, oh, I'd ask her out, Ken, if you weren't so interested in her yourself, like. And Ken's oh, like, dear. go right ahead. You, you, you go for it. She may be. You go, girl. You may, she may be 30, 40 years your senior, but if you fancy her, you, you go right ahead. And you we did have get... to do a little bit of Googling of characters' ages here because the guy who plays Nigel is 46, 47, I think, supposed to be. And, and I said about 50, didn't I? But he's, he's a bit younger than that. Roberta Kerr, who plays Wendy, is 70, but apparently the character is mid-60s. So there is a 20-year age gap character-wise between them. Age is just a number. It, it, it felt odd. And so to have Brian I... suddenly confess his, you know, fancying right, of this lady who's clearly an old lady. Here's a question for you. Hmm. Here's a question to expose your it. misogyny. If it was I the don't. other way around and it was an older man and a lady fancied him, you wouldn't have a problem or even notice. I don't think you'd even notice. I would, because I thought no. that Mary fancying Norris was weird. And it's just the same thing, I, I think. I don't... I, I found it to be quite heartening, actually. Good for you. Because I know I can get a man now when I'm 65. You won't need a man when you're 65, you because you won't ever get rid of me. Well, we might differ in our opinions as we grow older and they legalise <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the straw that breaks the carrot, the weed that breaks the camel's back. Um, so anyway. <laughs> the what? weed that breaks the camel's back. <laughs> yeah. What does she do? You know, as the phrase goes. Anyway, so Nigel's been given permission from Ken from Mr Barlow to go right ahead and ask Wendy out on a date. So they all go back to the pub again and Nigel says, oh, I shared a bottle of Chardonnay with you, Wendy. And then he asked her what? out for dinner at this like sushi place. They're going all over. He with, says, with oh, we should go out for dinner. She's like, brilliant idea. He says, yeah, Ken recommended this place. He knows everything about sushi. He used to wear a kimono. Yeah. So he's basically he's well Japanese. He's well-filled answer to she actually. <laughs> So she gets the wrong idea. Oh, yeah. No, that's right, yeah. So she gets the wrong idea and thinks that it's a team-building exercise. And he's like, well, no, I kind of thought it was going to be a team of two, actually. 
And anyway, Ken thinks that we'd make a lovely couple. And Wendy's like, what the hell? Ken? He's... I, was, I, I, I want to I've get got, in his pants. I want to get in Ken's pants. I've got the hot for him, actually. Yeah. I want somebody who's slightly older than me. Not mega younger than me. I'd so say get in there. So she goes stomping around no, number one. go off with Nigel. <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah. Okay, well, that, that's Gemma's... Um, Unless she's hoping Ken's going to die soon and she can inherit Ken is Mr. Lover Lover. He's not had that string of girlfriends for no reason. How many birds has has Nigel had over the years, I I wonder? I'm going to say not many. I didn't think you'd had any, to be honest. No, I I, I know what you're saying. But you know who who Well, he proved us wrong. He certainly did. (laughs) (laughs) Unless unless he's saying something, you know... Well, who knows? About about. Who knows what he's saying? Um, So... Uh, she, she's Wendy goes stomping around number one like what the hell are you doing Ken I fancy a man is it because of Tracy who's been weirdly absent from these episodes and we're talking about her an awful lot but she's not been stumping into any rooms here and Ken says no it's actually look I may be developing feelings for you and Wendy's like oh my gosh what the heck and then she kind of makes a hasty exit and that's the uh, the cliffhanger for Tuesday's episode. Wednesday comes round and Wednesday, no, Wendy comes back round to number one to apologise to Ken for rushing out yesterday. And she says, oh, I was flattered and everything and, and a bit surprised. And Ken says, well, I am surprised by all of this myself, actually. She admits she's feeling the same thing. And then they join hands and it's all very lovely and sweet. So they're there with, with, with joined hands over the table in the in the number one. Amy comes downstairs. Nice to see her again. Where's she been recently? And she sees them. What's going on? And Ken's uh, and she she says, well, yeah, Mum's going to do her nut if she finds out that you two are canoodling away. And Ken says, oh, it's more companionship than in a relationship, actually. Amy said, no, this is no good. Tracy's head is going to explode. And Wednesday says, oh, I can't blame her, to be honest. Ken says, well, tough. She's just going to have to get over it. Amy's like, oh, well, we'll see how that goes. But for my part, I promise that I'm not going to tell Tracy. Later on, and Ken has made more adaptations to this play script um, to try and fill out Mary's part, to, to try and appease her somewhat. And um, so Mary turns up for a one-on-one rehearsal with Can Ken I just in the wonder, pub and is to find Wendy there. Out loud, whether this is like... <laughs> A bit of a, a bit of a barbed um, comment to maybe some people who might come to the writers of Coronation <laughs> Street with some ideas of what, their what own. What lines? Give me more lines. Is, I it, wonder, is it Patty Clare? Is she I wonder if there was anybody in mind when they. Did? Of course not. They're all too professional. <gasps> I don't of know how it's not. possible for scriptwriters to write this kind of story without without thinking (laughs) this character I'm going to make a little bit like this person that I know this reminds me Uh, I know there was no disclaimer at the beginning saying any coincidence to any person alive or or dead dead. it's uh, it's just quite coincidental there's got to be a little bit of that in there (laughs) come on come on who is it Who's Ken? Who's Wendy? Yeah, come on, tell us. <laughs> which so, one's which one's Mary? Which one's Brian? <laughs> um, so later on, um, I've said that already. Nigel arrives in the pub. Who's Nigel? What? In in the show. Who is Nigel in the show? Mm. I wonder. Um, so do you think he's Ian McLeod? He's the Ian McLeod of the of yes, the thing because he, he does is. everything. Yeah, yeah. He's there. He's there. He he to offer his critique. Oh, he gives them a good Nigel slating. When they've done badly, doesn't it? <laughs> Not just later. I'm sure there's a storyline title in there somewhere. <laughs> Wendy says, I'm pulling out of the role. I don't want to be Mrs. What's-Her-Face anymore. And 
It was for a very special and important but they don't reason. Announce it, do they? What do you mean they do? Do they? Yeah. Oh. Well, she tells everybody. She right. says it's for a very special and important reason, and, and gives Ken a knowing look. And Ken's like, "I'm in there." <laughs> I don't get it. What's the what's the pop? What's the problem? She, I think she's just feeling like um, the. It has to be impartial. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't understand how the theatre works, then, does she? No, everybody, every, half the people who get roles are only there because they've been <laughs> shagging around. <laughs> Didn't Deirdre once say that, that she was Switzerland in glasses and, and Wendy is, car- is uh, carrying on the, the tradition of impartial girlfriends to If care. you're no, not going to sleep your way to the top in the theatre industry, then what are you doing? She doesn't want to sleep her way to the top because the top is Nigel. That's the problem. But she's already banged Ken, who's like the scriptwriter. <laughs> Nigel says... She's playing this game all wrong. Well, this is... Put- <laughs> oh, God. Well, this is put as... Uh, no. You need some of this... In my normal voice... Nigel says that this has put them up a certain creek How come without some, a certain paddle. We need some Stephen um, voice acting to do. Stephen was nowhere to be oh, no, seen in this week's Coronation Street. It's like Coronation Street is like, I can't be doing with them, doing their accent again. Just Where did he got to find another leading lady now then, eh? Okay. So he go, he's, um, he goes and Do rings round. Do they solve this problem? No, because he rings round all his actress oh, friends, yeah. but they're all busy. Penelope, Keith. Yeah, and Wendy, sir, Wendy says... Lumley. No numbers or anything, exactly. Wendy says, how about Mary? It's like they're just sitting there. Who could it be? Who could it be? Who can we... Who's a woman that acts? Oh, there's somebody right opposite me. Mary can be Wendy. I don't know much about this Mary part. can be how, Wendy. How old is Mary? 45 odd? 50? And she's now playing the same part as Mary? Oh, Wendy? Oh, I don't know. But anyway, they all agree it's a fab idea. But now... It doesn't really solve the problem because Mary's role is now empty and needs filling by somebody. Oh, God. Also, Ken, and previously didn't say this, Ken confirms Brian's suspicions about him and Wendy but says, don't tell anyone because I don't think anybody notices. See? I told you. Oh, no. Yeah, no, she they says didn't... it's for a very special and oh, important yeah, 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 reason. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And everyone's like hates Wendy so much they don't even ask her what she's talking about. <laughs> but she's being all dramatic and mysterious, and they're like, "All right then, whatever. What could it be? Some kind of old age pensioner thing that don't you don't care about? Yeah, something to do with going to have to pick up a bus pass or something. Yes, exactly. So dismissive and rude. <laughs> um, so. This story, like I said earlier, if only there was, was a way kind of, fun. of going back to when Ken beefed up Mary's role and just to get rid of it. Yeah. Oh well. I do. I, do you think we're going to see this play being performed? I don't. I kind of I, half want to. I and don't half want not to want because to. I think that I've seen the, the, the things I've seen makes me think like it's not going to be as funny as. That perhaps they think it might be. Not going to be as funny as Dennis Tanner having a nice panto Christmas 1960 whatever. I know, I think that... <sighs> I think they need to dial it down by about 30%. They, they really do. It's like the, the actors know they're in the kind of semi-comedy storyline and they're really, really leaning It's like they it. know. They probably do know. It's almost like somebody said, just go for it, Gunny. I know, but just... you don't need to... It's... Too much. <laughs> um, we saw a scene in this being filmed, didn't we? Yeah. We saw a scene with Ken and Wendy. So when we went to our when uh, our set tour and Alison mm. Sinclair was taking us around, she's like, oh, "What do you want to do then?" And we were like, "Well, what, what can you show us? Show us whatever you're allowed to show us." So this is when she snuck us into the studios, didn't she? Yeah. We weren't particularly. We didn't go there in order to see this scene, but we just happened to be walking through went through a door and it's like, oh my gosh, there's William Roach and Roberta Kerr 
doing this very scene. And we, how long did we stay there for? Five minutes? Yeah, not very long. So we haven't really talked much about this one before, partly because it's not been on and we don't want to spoil it. But yeah, we, this it was, was so like a, cool. this was a fleeting um, it walk was like, through the scene, but we just had to stop and pick our mouths up yeah. off the floor that we were watching the Don. Actually got to see William Ken Rose Barlow. performing. Oh no, yeah, I can't doing his job, and, and <laughs> this is one as well because we heard Roberta, um, or was it Ken? Sorry, or was it William saying saying the line? Oh, I'm starting to develop feelings for you. And we both like, looked at oh. each other like, oh, because back back in back in August when that happened, I think there was it, when it was being filmed. Sorry, it had not been confirmed then that Ken was going to be making a play for Wendy as it were. I think people had wondered, oh, is there going to be any kind of reigniting of past? Um, romance there but for, for us to back in august see him confess is like oh my gosh oh we know where this is going now <laughs> yeah and, and ali's like yeah this story is great and she told yeah. us a little bit more she told about, us some more secrets she told us some more secrets <laughs> about where the story's going to go and i just thought it was kind of fun this week i didn't have to invest too much in it i what are you kind of happy with ken going for wendy I don't really care. I think... I'm not like, oh no, what about Deirdre? No, I'm not either. I mean, they were sitting there confessing their feelings for each other while Deirdre was gurning on from the from the Welsh dresser in the background, wasn't she? What, but... Nigel? What? <laughs> the Welsh dresser, Nigel. He's a, sh- he's a sharp <laughs> he's dresser. He's not the costumier. Um, <laughs> I think maybe because we've had the, the Claudia story and seen that Ken can move on, I think I'm okay with it and it means that there's more scenes for Ken and and there's just many many reasons why I'm just like totally fine with this even though it's Wendy Flaming Crozier you know the I know but I was never scarlet woman of the street totally invested in I know this is probably sacrilege in Ken and Deirdre what get out well I just don't think that they I was watching it long enough you certainly didn't see them at the height of no. their romance but no, I can't endure they were They were made for each other, but I think... I don't think they were. I, th- I honestly think he was an absolute asshole to, to Deirdre. He and, was. And he thought he always thought he was better than her. And honestly, I kind of relish the idea of, of Ken getting together with a woman who will not just passively sit there and have him misquote Shakespeare at her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's going to be full circle, isn't it? Because Val, like, his she, first wife, was also yeah, she was an fairly... Yeah, she, she was pretty much I just think level. Ken's... I think Ken's cleverer than, than Wendy. And I, um, Wendy's cleverer than Ken. And I honestly think that the whole thing will end because Ken's ego won't be able to take <laughs> that it. That would be so funny. They decide to get together and they don't do a little IQ test or something. Yeah, and, and he gets annoyed or she keeps filling out the crosswords. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I was going to do that. And she was like, well, why didn't you then? He's like, I was getting around to it. You should end that way. I'd love it. I'd love that. I just think that Ken has really got a really fragile ego and I don't think that he could cope with Wendy. Oh, I mean, I'm really enjoying that side of it. Like, if this was just a Ken and Wendy storyline, I'd be enjoying it a lot more. But, you know, the the Brian and Mary isn't, isn't, Putting, putting it down enough so um anyway that's fine more more to come i Let's hope that tracy does what is tracy here at some point because it's weird that everyone's wondering what she's going to say when surely she she Could lives have said it herself <laughs> she's Maybe not she's, she's not away is she i don't think so anyway she's just gone she's left because she's fed up with the roof <laughs> bloody roof bloody roof it's not fixed yet everybody nigel fix the roof please james bailey why would nigel fix the roof why, why not? <laughs> why not? Get a bit of Welsh rabbit. No, stop making pan. stupid Welsh jokes. I'm not. 
I love a bit of Welsh magic. No, yes. James Bailey is no longer on the Coronation Street, Gemma. He's gone. Tell us how it happened and also what happened next. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> We've got to do a character profile of him in a right. couple of weeks, everybody. On Monday. Look out for that. Ronnie Set says, James, I know someone who wants somebody to coach some children's football in Lewisham. And it's like... Handy. And, and that's where Danny, Danny lives. And James is like, great, I, I'm going to go then. And he decides to go and then they, he leaves. <laughs> uh, thanks Abby just Abby's, like, Abby's like you're being stupid <laughs> read it properly I don't like it when you do this okay right so everyone's happy apart from Maggie who's a bit sad because she doesn't want her children to yeah. not be around and um, uh, they're very proud of him and then uh, Aggie supports him and then Shona and Lily come to say goodbye and thank you and uh, you're really rushing through it this and quick, he gets though, the back of the taxi exit and uh, I like the fact that Lily gave James her football top signed. Like she's like, you, you didn't make much of yourself, but I, I am going to. I, I like how it was sort of a. It was a back of a taxi exit, which is kind of what James deserves. But they also had some shit, some cheering football. People fans. stood outside going, "Hooray!" They couldn't get Tim or Steve to come and do this no. scene. But who do they have? Chesney and Dev was it? And Tyrone maybe. Anyone who maybe? can fit the green tops. Yeah. Right. Tuesday. Aggie is fretting about James and she seems to be the only one who remembers he even existed on Tuesday. Um, She meets up with Tim in the street and she admits her her sad feelings and then it turns out that it's uh, Sally and Tim's wedding anniversary so she says I'll go and help I'll go and help you find a present and um, then she lies to Ed when he asks her where she was and she says she was out with a friend and everyone knows Tim's not her friend. Not that. Lover. (laughs) No I mean on Wednesday, uh, Tim t- t- uh, Tim pretends to forget their anniversary, but it completely backfires because Sally doesn't wait for him to finish his sentence, really, and storms off after oh, yeah, having Sally's... ripped her card, his She's card got, in half. Yeah, Sally's standing there with his with his anniversary card behind her back. Isn't and he's, it, like, pretending she... not to remember. It's like, here's a hint, guys, and you don't, I don't know if you need to know this as well. Don't pretend you've forgotten your wedding anniversary as a hilarious joke because it's not funny. I would never would do such a so, thing. So Tim, um, Tim runs out in his dressing gown and flashes Mary and Fizz. Oh yeah, he's probably on a register now. He shows his little willy to them, doesn't he? Tim catches up with hole. Sally and tells her he didn't really forget. Um, here's a present, fancy necklace. She loves it. Aggie comes out the house, gives him like a thumbs up, and then um, they meet up in Victoria Gardens. Tim and Aggie and they talk about. Um, how great their friendship is and he gives her a necklace and then um, Aggie hides the necklace and Dee Dee points it out and tries to ask her more about it and um, then uh, Tim and Sally enjoy a three course Italian meal including fluffy cheese she which did... is oh, yes, fluffy. buffalo mozzarella she um, she had done the house up very nice for that hadn't she yes. lovely well done Sally that was quite heartening but um, yeah still this Tim and Aggie thing I'm really, I really don't know where this is going. It doesn't, see, it still doesn't feel in the slightest like there's any kind of romantic spark I don't spark think they've done anything them. wrong apart from not saying, oh, went out with Tim. Yeah. The fact that Aggie's hiding that she was with Tim, it's making me think, or well, why doesn't she just say, because it is okay for her to be friends with Tim. Or is, is it? it? Is it because Can you be she's friends been, with girls if you're, if you're a boy? Is it because that she's been kind of secretly sex counselling him? And she doesn't want to go into that with Ed. No, I don't know. know. I know that there are some people who are very, very firm on the idea that you can never be friends with members of the opposite sex. Mm. Um, But I don't think that's true at all because I I know some people I think are absolutely wonderful who are guys and I definitely would never in a million years (laughs) 
go anywhere near them like in me. a romantic way. <laughs> yeah, mostly you. I nicely think I'm, good. I'm a nice guy. You think you're one of the best. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then she was hiding that necklace and everything, wasn't she? So it's kind of well. It was a bit weird. He bought her a necklace. That but then, yeah, I thought that. But then, yeah. Why would he do that? Because he's a man, and he like is in is in the the idea of buying present mode. I just honestly think his his man brain. And sorry to men here, um, but sometimes man brain can be quite one dimensional, <laughs> and he's like happy woman. Necklace. Grateful necklace gift. Friend, happy woman, necklace gift. Makes sense to me. <laughs> Just buy her a necklace. That's Whose what necklace women like. did you like the best? Um, Sally's. Sally's was quite nice, wasn't it? But I thought that Aggie's looked really was... nice on her. It did. I just think if I wore it, I'd look like um, Lisa Simpson. Yeah. Um, so, I don't should we, should we kind of save the chat about James's exit until we do the character yeah. profile on I him? I don't need to talk about him anymore. Okay. Mooks mock Max then, Gemma. It sounds um, like you said that backwards, like we're suddenly in Twin, twin Peaks. Peaks right, so Tuesday is when this all kicked off and um, David gets tad miffed at the beginning of the episode because Maria, Maria is abandoning him so she can go and do some counselly whatever it is. David is asked by Max for a lift for school, but he says, no, Soz, I can't. I've got to go to the, um, got to go to the hairdressers. You look, you're a big boy now, Max. You're like massive. You're taller than me. Get yourself to school. Get a car. <laughs> yeah. Um, helicopter yourself in, mate. And he says, and you can get a bus home too. Um, well, although... How do you normally get to school? Yeah, exactly. All these people getting lifts to school. When I was a kid, we walked to school. In, in the snow, up we a did. hill, both ways. We did, ways. in the snow. We did, in the snow. And I distinctly remember there was a dead fox that's frozen to death. And oh I was thinking, gosh. how could our parents send us out on a day like this? <laughs> anyway, David eventually agrees to pick Max up on the way home from school. But he doesn't, because he gets he gets stuck in the hairdressers all day. He's got and, a, um, a massive backlog of back hair. And Max has... A scene, what we saw filmed. Yeah, we did, we saw we this. About, well. So the scene is Max is walking through Freshco's car park, and then these two guys, these two bullies from the Prue, come up to him the and. Prue? The Prue, the Well, like the Prudential. Unit. That's what David called it, the oh, Prue this Prue. week. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and they push him, they grab his bag, yeah. root around, find his sandwiches, push him onto the floor, and then squirt a bottle of water right in his crotch so it looks like he's wetting himself. <laughs> So nasty. I mean, but that's terrible. We saw that happening. So the story here is every morning when we were in, in the in the Airbnb, I would get up. Uh, I'd make sure that I was up at least seven o'clock because that's when um, that's when some of the cars started arriving. And although we, I really rarely saw anybody that I recognised getting out of these cars, I still did it anyway. And one morning, and I think it was the must have been the Thursday, so the day after we went to the set, I looked out and I was like, oh, there's something different there. Because on that wall there, the Freshgoes wall, which is the wall of the car park, they yeah. had all the Freshgoes posters. And one of them had changed into one of the Halloween posters. That's it right. was very distinctly orange and purple. I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. They changed that overnight for whatever reason. And then as I was sitting there having my breakfast, I started to see a little bit more milling about those. Like, oh, they're going to film. Something's happening. Something's happening. They're going to film a car park scene. And, and what are the chances? Because it's not like they use that set very often, is it? It's like... Well, they more often would film the hospital car park scenes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we get to see 
that wall being used in an episode of Corrie, I'm going to say no more than five times a year. Oh, is Surely, that? if that. So the fact that they were filming one when we were there, that was so <laughs> jammy of us that we got to see it. Oh, I've known that word jammy for ages. And yeah, we just I just kind of set up and watched it. And it, we didn't watch the whole thing because it's not quite the same when you're a jolly long way away from it. But it still It was took, fascinating. It we, was. I woke you up and said, come and have a look, they're filming a maxi. And we got to see him on the crash mat falling over all the time, yeah. didn't we? They're pushing him over onto the crash and, mat. And like the other scenes that we'd seen filmed inside, it they were doing it forever. Yeah. And this scene that was, there was nothing much to it really, was that? I know there was a stunt and all that, but I'm going to still say a good two hours At least. that Paddy Beaver and co were filming that and he was just being pushed backwards and backwards and backwards onto the crash mat and then they like they took away the crash mat and then they did this, the, the scenes on the floor and um, yeah we just got to see many many takes of him walking around the, the, yeah, the corner that's right. and then there were some the members of the public that were there you know the actors that were members of the public the at the beginning of the yeah. scene they all had to go and stand off to one side and hide behind the fresh van so that they could then walk out and go past yeah it was funny because we had to queue. see them kept, keep hiding around behind a corner didn't we yeah yeah now I think this is like the penultimate scene that we saw filmed. There's still one There's more scene. There's one more scene, and I think it's going to be on Friday next week that we saw filmed. Um, it also had Max in. Um, and then we will have run that. out of exciting we finally filming run out stories. Of filming stories. But yeah, th- this one was just cool because it felt a little bit sneaky and naughty watching it. I know. And I was thinking... All these other people that live in this apartment, do you all just kind of sit and watch Coronation Street being filmed? Well, no, but so, they like don't. I said, it's because it's only a few times a year they ever actually film there. So I'm um, very, very lucky to be able to see that. And that was the day after we'd, we'd met Paddy Beaver coming out of the studios, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So it was cool, like, so oh, we, we said hello to him yesterday. <laughs> anyway. And he was like, you guys slang me off. Yeah, anyway, oh. poor old Max, he's been bullied because David didn't pick him up from school. Maria finally returns to the barbers later. Max turns up, glares at David, mm. says, oh, you're supposed to come and get me. Oh. I'm, a, I'm an angry teen. And so they go to the cafe, hear about what happened. And and uh, and Max says, I, I promise I can handle it. I'll be okay. I am not going to snitch on these boys. They're, they're roughy-tufty PRU I'm boys. I'm not going to dob them in. And David's still blaming Maria on this because she wasn't, she stopped him from going to collect Max. And she says, look, don't give me grief, David. I get enough of this online. Remember that? She's Maria's been on, being stalked. She's been on Twitter. We did suggest that maybe it was Max because she was a bit nasty to Max, a bit dismissive of him earlier in the year. And I think Max even gave her a little bit of a look when she said that. So watch this face there. Anyway, Max says, look, it's, it's not it's not Maria's fault. Don't, don't worry about it. So Wednesday... Max gets his school report through the post and maybe things work differently in the pupil referral unit, but I don't think there's many places that give their school reports like three, four years into the... <laughs> three or four weeks into the school term, but hey, what do I maybe know? Maybe you need to give more feedback for children who are maybe struggling. Maybe we should, maybe we should. Anyway, David and Shoda no. are dead proud of him and, they, and he's happy, but he's still worried about these bullies. Um, there's a there's a nice scene with Brian and David later on in the episode where Brian, caring ex-teacher and headmaster, asks how Max is doing. And David says, oh, he's doing pretty well, actually. But he's worried about the bullies. So I'm kind of thinking maybe we should try and get him back into Weatherfield High. And Brian says, oh, I don't know Brian about Brian tries this. to subtly tell him that ain't going to happen. He does. He says, oh, yeah, these, I, I've been a teacher, you know. I'm in the know about these we things. wasn't just a teacher. I know. I, I have, I have um, excluded people in the past, says Brian. And these decisions are usually pretty final. But David says, hey, it's worth a try. 
Later on in the episode, Max gets hassled a little bit more. Those two nasty boys follow him down the street and he sees Maria. And I felt really bad for Max at this point because I did he's like well. looking really, not just grumpy, and I am definitely, definitely warming to Paddy Beaver's version of Max now because I think there is a nice boy in there. Yes, and, a troubled boy. Yeah, and he sees Maria and, and the relief on his face when he sees like, thank goodness they're not going to hassle me if I'm with Maria. And it's like, oh, Maria, hi, how you doing? And it was all... And Maria's like, what, what are you what? doing? Why are you conversing with me? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll come and see a refugee with you because that's where the council business is taking it that afternoon. Um, so they go off and see this this guy. Um, I can't remember his name, but Max actually had a very nice time with him and he's going to see him later. So Max has got a new friend here. Oh, that's right, yeah. Maybe he's going to get his refugee friend to beat was... up these bullies. I don't know. I thought it was really weird how they were talking about this kid, like, oh, it's a refugee. It's a refugee, you know what I mean? It felt a bit like, oh, okay, you want me to pat you on the back a bit more? <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you're going to do this, if you're going to help the refugees individually one by one and go for a celebrationary drink after every single one, it's going to take a while, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, so, so he's, he's kind of nice at the end of the episode. He's also pretty chuffed to hear that David's trying to get him back into his normal school because he doesn't really want to stay at the school for naughty boys and girls anymore. Because they're all horrible. I mean, troubled. Um, anyway, so that's that. Um, um, I don't. The, fairly the watching people get bullied is so horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. Those horrible kids chasing him around and being mean to him. And it's like I, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, and 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 Paddy must be doing a good job because I am feeling more sorry for him. Like when Daniel pushed him down the stairs earlier this year, <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe deserve that. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, give well, him a break because, as I said, that some of the looks that he gives. It feels like the old Max, because Max was always this little angelic, cherubic, blonde-haired kid, wasn't he? Lovely. And it was only, you know, he was diagnosed with ADHD five years ago or so. I don't really believe Harry McDermott's portrayal of ADHD, to be honest. Um, But yeah, I'm now seeing, I I think he's hopefully going to come out and he could be a bit of a charmer when he's older. We will see. We will see. Next. Next up, Dad's been a mad dad, Gemma. What's going on with Stephen and Jenny? De- Mon- Monday, Jenny's sad, wallowing, eating biscuits. Rita tells her Leo's a coward. Jenny says no, she wants him back. And Rita says he should be consigned to the bin. <laughs> There's so many lines that they put in there that it's like, oh, oh, oh little does Jenny know. It's like, know. you can does maybe ease know? off it a little bit. Well, I think it's funny. I think this is, if there's, it should be a hint that uh, Stephen's not a serious villain. It's that people keep joking about bins. I don't, yeah, that's true. When they find out he was actually in a bin, that's they're going to go, oh, what a coincidence that was. Do you remember I said Don't that? Don't worry, should get oh, in the bin. And then he, that's how he died. <laughs> Daisy's disappointed to hear from Gemma um, that Jenny has decided that she wants to do the quiz herself. No, that's not right. No, Glenda. Glenda was going to do the quiz. She's all doled up. And then Jenny rallies and decides she wants to do it. Um, she gets all glitzed up. She comes out to the Rovers and she slips over in a wet patch that was caused by Glenda's mopping. And Glenda says, the show must go on and grabs the mic. We didn't get to see any of the quiz, which is really annoying, apart from a little bit of it, well, which we wasn't really bear- a quiz. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we see much quiz, but we did get to see other forms of entertainment. Was it called Yet Jiggy, a- Jiggy, Jiggy, Jig 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 Jig
we sort of got to see Deb and Mary playing a game of jig tick, didn't heard we? This it, I think it was a game that they made up, but it was quite fun. It was Mary River dancing across the rover's floor while Deb kind of bangers over there. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was entertaining. But yet again, I think that they mentioned that Glenda had given a bit of a yep. bit of an old. They sing always song say that she did singing, and she never, we never get to see it. And I'm loving. I it. don't think I that love Julie it. Pringer can actually sing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need to see it, please. <laughs> Um, Christmas. Yeah. Jenny goes to hospital with Daisy because uh, she hurt herself. She's worried everyone thinks she's drunk. Jen, Jen, Daisy gets a text from um, Gemma saying that this uh, quiz is going absolutely wonderfully. Um, no, no, she doesn't. She gets the text to say it's doing rubbish. Oh, not, no, not, not doing, going down well. Yeah, and, Je- okay. and Jenny's like, great. But um, it looks but like... insert me as quiz mistress. Either Gemma was lying or she she's not very good at picking up on cues or... Glenda turned it around because when they get back, everyone's having a brilliant time. Gemma says the takings are through the roof. Um, Jenny's furious, obviously, and when Glenda reports back, she smiles through gritted teeth. Um, Jenny also tells Daisy that she reckons Glenda made the floor slippy on purpose so that she could become the quiz queen. <laughs> the quiz queen. I enjoyed this. Still enjoying Glenda. I'm not like 100% absolutely loving her, but I'm. I, I'm liking her enough that that, that I'm like, happy when she comes on screen, and all the stuff with Jenny was just was just joyous. I'm really loving the the fact that Jenny and Daisy are kind of like forming an alliance against Glenda just because she's popular, and it yes. sort of reminds me of how my most favourite behind the bar Rovers team was when Fred G was in there being bullied all the time by everybody who all hated him. Yeah. Like um it was Betty and Betty and Betty and Bet and uh um, Bet and uh Annie. Yeah. They all hate they all hated him and there was so many rivalries, but they were kinda of like good nature. It was kinda of good nature the thing to is, a certain Ken, extent. I mean Fred was a massive loser, wasn't he? He was and a loser. No, but Glenda I mean is. I don't think that that I don't think it's completely analogous, but the idea of sniping behind the bar Mm. It's, we haven't had that for a long time because just because there haven't been very many people behind yeah. the bar to do it and they've all gotten along quite well but Jenny Jenny Daisy and Glenda are all just being rivals with each other I think that's kind of fun well, yeah and, and it's it seems fairly clear that Glenda is going to get a long term job behind the bar I the don't want them why wouldn't they I don't want it to turn into like bullying and squabbling and pettiness but just that kind of like good natured sort of She's clearly at home there, and yeah. Jenny just needs to stop chewing a wasp and, and admit that you know she's she's could be good for the pub. Wow. But she Je, Je, Jenny likes being queen bee, doesn't she? Yeah. She sits there on her throne by the bottles, by the spirits at the back, and um, I don't know whether she's going to have to up her game or what. But um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a good little a good little um, relationship between the, the barmaids there and, and Daisy, as always, absolutely brilliant. Um, just uh, again what a turnaround that character has had I love Daisy right now um, finally then we've got our double trouble storyline it's still uh, finished oh god yeah. this is the last okay. one okay. Okay. this has okay. been a super short street talk Gemma Ardy tells Dev um, look if you're holding a candle for Bernie don't give up It's uh, go for it boy I'd, I've had my girl dis- uh, abandon me and I don't want you to lose your chance of a bit of nookie. So Dev goes over to see Bernie, who's midway through bleaching her tash, because why not? 
and he says, oh, Bernie, I've been thinking a lot about you recently. Maybe, you know, babe, we should give it another go. And he gives us some flowers, which are the naffest corner shop flowers ever. And he says that he misses her. And, um, well, one thing leads to another. And the next thing that we see, they're snuggled up on the sofa. Gemma comes back and is um, quite refreshingly um, happy to see that her mum's back with Devendra. Although um, she won't be cleaning for him, Bernie makes it clear, because that would be weird. Gemma. Yeah, it would be. Gemma eyes the what? bills on the table. Not you. I'm talking about the character. Yes. Not the real life. She eyes some bills on the table. They're clearly still having money worries at number five. Later on, when Dev and Mary are playing their jig-tig game, Bernie takes the opportunity, while everyone's focusing on them, to have a secret phone call to Fern, leaves her a voice message saying, Don't, I'm not bothered about going to your fancy club, but if you want to play another game of Swapsy anytime soon, Swapsy scam time, I'm, I'm up your girl. for a job. Give me some cash. I will be you, whatever you want me to do. But sadly, because I had fun quite enjoying that stuff, we didn't get to see any of it this week. So we'll just have to use our imaginations about what sort of things that Bernie Close and Fern could and be getting really up hard. to. Yeah. So Bernie and Dev, now a couple. It's It feels a bit like Chesney and Gemma, where it's been inevitable for many, many years and now it's like, okay, fine, they're there together, whatever. I'm not, like, mega against it or anything, but I'm also not... I, I, I'm not shipping them or thinking, oh, hooray, at long last, this is everything I've always wanted, are you? Between Dev and Bernie? Yeah. I just think that they're not going to... I feel... I, I kind of like them as friends with benefits more than anything, because I think that they're both... They remind me of, like, two cats... Like, you can't tame them. <laughs> with with Deb, it's also like, you know, back in the day when he was... He even got called Double O Deb yeah. in one of the scenes this week. But back when he was the real ladies' man, he wouldn't have looked twice at someone like Bernie. So it's kind of nice that he's thought, oh, no, actually, I'm not too suave and swish and handsome and, and whatever for you now. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have a tumble with you. And he's kind of... Maybe it's bringing him down a peg or two. So it's kind of nice, but... Yeah, well, let, let's see how it goes. Knowing how what they usually do on Coronation Street, um, we will probably not get to see any more of the pair of them until they split up for whatever reason in a couple of years' time. So um, anyway, that's that. That is this week's Street Talk. Um, Gemma, what are we scoring this <laughs> week's Corrie? We had quite a spirited discussion about it. Well, it's always the same. When we don't like it, we say more. Now... Yeah, talking about it, I have more fond memories about than yeah. it than I did when I actually watched it. I kind I like the summer. I like the, I like the brownie storyline because I thought it was funny. Um, it's very. It's, I feel like it's been done too many times on Coronation Street now. I don't think we need another one ever again. Yeah. Um, I liked. I like. I like the idea of Stu's storyline, but it do, I don't feel like it's ever really gripped me that much. I like having Ken and it's got Deirdre the old flashes of, of greatness. Like I like the scene with Bridget and Lucy getting home and going, "Ha ha, we do know something." Yeah. But I like Jenny and Glenda and Daisy, but um, there was a lot that was kind of dull. This week. Felt a bit like a down week, didn't um, it? A bit better week. So I'm going to give it two and a half sexy cyborgs. <laughs> Definitely sexy cyborgs, even um, though neither of us can remember what that's actually a reference to. Because I it down as a two and a half to me is just like the most average, average. It's just average. It was fine. There were ups and downs, but yeah, it wasn't bad. It just, 
I mean, the play stuff, I can't... I'll I'll be I'll give I'll be generous and give it two and a half. I'm in the back of my head. I'm thinking it felt more like a two, but I'll give it two and a half bars of fair trade chocolate out of five <laughs> and leave it at that. Character of the week wise, can I just bro- say if even if the the chocolate was fair trade, what were the drugs? <laughs> yeah, did were they? Um... And is that not a, a good reason to legalize it so that we can get organically? Organically grown, fair traded marijuana <laughs> for our brownies. Um, do we have a character of the week this week? I mean, looking at the main stories, it's hard to pick one out of there. I'm kind of, I'm kind of maybe erring towards somebody like Ken as the character of the week this week because he was he was in throughout the week. I enjoy his character. It was kind of sweet when he admitted his feelings for for Wendy and they were sitting there with that with their hands together. I mean, we should be like saying "Hooray, Alia!" for being so determined and not not turning her back on her and, and and everything. But I just I can't bring myself to vote for Alia as character of the week. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go for Ken as my character of the week this week. Um. Oh, Quick, say something before Abby interrupts again. Um, the bishop. The bishop. Yes. Your character of the week is the stoned bishop. Yeah. Fine, fair enough. Why not? Um, and with that, let's move on to the cabin. This is the news. There's a new curry book out. I was going to find out when it is out. I think it's out next week. I'm pretty sure that, Gemma, while, you, while we talk about it, you do find the research to find the dates of the Coronation Street puzzle book because we have received early copies of it for review. Thank you very much, Octopus Books, for that. It was so funny because I was talking to, to somebody online about it, about, oh, when's this book coming out? And then literally 15 minutes later, we got a knock on the door and it was our neighbour because it was delivered the day before. Anyway, I'm rambling. Ooh, fascinating. We've, we've got a box full of Coronation Street puzzle books because thank you everybody who donated to our Cast versus Fans charity quiz this summer. You shall soon be sent your copies of them. 13th of October is when it comes 13th out. 13th of October, that's very, very soon. And I'm not going to lie, if you like puzzle books, this is way worth We're it. We're really impressed by Dead this. impressive stuff. So this is written by Abigail Kemp, who did the 60th anniversary Coronation Street book the other year. And um, it's massive, isn't it? It's, 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 it's thick. It is, um, I think it's 14.99 to buy it. Yeah, 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 about that much. Um, and it definitely is worth that much money because it's, ma- like Mark said, it's, Twice as long as it really needs to be. If you like puzzle books and you like Coronation Street, like this will keep you going. It's we, we sat in bed, didn't we, um, on Saturday morning? I think it was. We were like, oh, let's have a look through here. We didn't do any of the puzzles. We were just kind of we looking through. We did some of the questions. Saying, what are the puzzles that are in here? Well, so there, and we only got halfway through. There's a big range of different things. So there's like there's stuff that feels like the sort of thing that puzzle book people will understand how they work. Like, oh, arrange these letters in a sequence, or here's a word, here's a box of Some of them were were like clearly, yeah, some of them were clearly just standard puzzles given a slight curry twist, like there's knickers with it. Oh, here's a a word, pigeon. Yeah. But But um, we were more interested in the ones that were like, um, there's quite a few that are interesting, which are, you get start at this character and then you get to a character at the end. It's like this character dated this character and then the character they dated lived in a in a flat with yeah. so and so and then they they yeah. worked. It's at like the same... seven degrees of separation yeah. sort of thing. They also have got some family trees with certain members yes. blanked out. Oh, and I love that. That's a great idea. That was a really good idea. Yeah. 
Um, there's word searches. There are trivia pages as well because you kept calling, or we've both been calling it Coronation Street trivia book or whatever, haven't we, accidentally for the past six months or however long it's been that we've known it. And it is actually, there are pages there of trivia. So that's that's really cool. Literally, I, if you like, if you're if at all interested in this, you're I can't recommend it enough. You will not be disappointed with it's the quality of this trivia book. Christmas book. A puzzle too. book. It's a mega proper toilet book, this is. And they, they uh, can I just give a, a specific shout out to the Kendoku? Oh yeah, the because Kendoku. Because it's brilliant. It's, the, the, instead of numbers I one to nine, instead of numbers Sorry, one Siri. to nine, it has Ken Barlow, the letters Ken Barlow. So you have to do exactly the same rules as, as Sudoku normally. Yeah, but it's K-E-N-B-R-L-O-O, or however you spell Ken Barlow. Um, it's really really good honestly if you haven't got it on pre-order and you're on the fence about it don't get it if you don't think you'll like puzzle books yeah but if you do get it it's really really good value there's honestly. a few spot the difference ones yeah 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 there's, it's, it's just almost every sort of puzzle yeah. that you could think of honestly, it's, it's is great. in there it's and really, it, really it's good. really well done and um, definitely recommend yes which I, I, I don't know whether we can say the same thing about the next the next item, because we've got more curry merch coming your way, and this is um, new items on the ITV Coronation Street shop. Pillows. There's a weird, personalised things on this shop. Personalised. You got your mugs, fine, fairly standard. Although, I mean, it says the, the Bet Lynch and the Kembalo and everything. You got your tea towels, okay. Pillows. Are people really clamouring for personalised Coronation Street? Or, and it is, it at, doesn't make any sense. At this, at this stage in it as well, it's like, this is barely Coronation Street themed, isn't no, it? No, it's literally, there's there's two options. There's a white one with gold, like, scroll. I think it's supposed to be like Rover's yeah. Flourish. And it doesn't even look like the text is in the same colour as the rest of it, because it's gold and everything else is orange. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, you put your name in it, and then at the bottom it's got the Coronation Street plaque. Just so you don't forget. And then the other one is um, the same, but it's orange... An orange background with no filigree or whatever and uh filigree is that a word i don't know yeah there's uh, there's the there's of... it's it's this is the bet lynch one isn't it yeah. so some leopard of the other curry merch on here is leopard print cushion. it's like oh, i don't, I don't know other people are going to be clamoring clamoring for this one and i do quite like vaguely some of the other stuff they got on there i like that they're doing merchandise because for many years we've been saying where's all the curry yeah, but merch? what are they doing this for it's rubbish sorry I don't like it. I don't like this one. But, 20, um, twenty-four pounds. Yeah, twenty-four pounds for cotton it as well. Cover, it's like it's not cheap. Cotton polyester, fine. It's get your name forty on by it. forty centimeters. If, um, if you want to measure it up for your sofas, is this what people want? But maybe we're really I, out. Of I touch. don't know. I don't I know whether people a want this. Webster's Autos mug. I want. Like that, I want, Rover's we've said lots of times we want we in universe stuff. Yeah, I would like in universe stuff. This isn't it. But, Speed dial. You know, maybe other people would like this. Speed dial. What? Like, uh, I, I want some. Bowl. Um, I want some hash browners in a, in a little bag with a summer <laughs> summer's robot. Um, Giving the thumbs up. Logo on the yeah, exactly. This is good stuff. <laughs> um, right, next up, strictly update everybody. So Will Miller and um, Kim Marsh are still doing their thing on Strictly at the moment. Will last week got 26 points, which included two sixes and two sevens, and he danced a salsa to Never Too Much by Luther Vandross. Um, and apparently he came second, second out of the whole competition. He's doing a good job, his old Harvey Gaskell. Um, Kim also very well, 
27 points. She got a six and three sevens. Good job. Um, she danced the Vien Viennese waltz. I was going to say Vietnamese waltz there. The Viennese waltz to run away by the cause. Oh, I know that one. Run away with you. Falling in love. Bewitched um, is a better band. That put her in 10th. I don't what? understand this. Will got 26. She got 27 and she came in 10th. What? Just it's a bit rude. I don't understand this. But anyway, there's an East guy as well. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, um, she, she, she got through anyway. Um, I, I, I think that it was a bit of a, um, a close call, but she made it. They're both still in the show. Good job, Thank you God two. For that. Keep on dancing, as maybe Bruce Forsyth used to say. And um, on the um, uh, celebrity reality TV competition news, hot off the press today is we have got our Coronation Street um, entrant. entrant. That's right, for Dancing on Ice in January. And it's Molly Gallagher. I was like, ooh, when I saw this news. This we is very unexpected. It really is unexpected. But I'm thrilled to, to, for her. I'm mega excited about this. We, we, She's so sweet. We've seen a few years worth of Dancing on Ice, if you remember, and usually it's kind of no, fast. we haven't. No, 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 no. I mean, usually we have fast-forwarded through everyone else and sat yeah. and watched Brooke Vincent or Jane Danson, I yeah. think we saw. I don't remember who, I can't remember who did it this year, but I don't think we Because really we support people. Um, and I, 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 I am actually really, really, Interested to see Molly Gallagher out on the ice. And I want to see know, her doing the I, I hope that costume she's going to wear. Likes her as much as we did because if she, um, if she comes across as well on screen as she did in person, I think she's going to win a lot of people over because she is very nice. She was one of my favourite bits again to Millie Gibson's party, having a nice good old chinwag with Molly Gallagher. Lovely, lovely person. And yeah, I, I'm really, really fascinated to see what might what, even vote for her. I might even use my free votes on Molly Gallagher for this. Yep. Is she going to be just various Is she going to be one of these people every who week goes, in her outfit choice? Oh, I've never danced on ice before. <laughs> I have done a ballet in snow, which is not at all the same. I have filled seats at Torvalind, for Torvalind Dean ones, I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway, I'm a good luck, Molly Gallagher. Come on the podcast for an interview, Don't please. hurt yourself. I hope that she can. I, I, I'd like Come to be able podcast. to talk to her. Come on the podcast. Um, maybe we'll make it happen. I don't know. I do not know. But um, good luck. And I think that's it for the news this week. So let's round things off with some feedback. Welcome to the feedback section. Nice that you could stay this long. We got... I was fascinated to see, I forgot about this, the Facebook scores for last week's Coronation Street because... I don't know whether there was a bit of bias there because we watched some of those scenes in the film, but we were really kind of singing the praises of last week's Coronation Street, weren't we? With mm-hmm. Leo in the bin and all that stuff. I know, there's... Oh, massive range very... on the Coronation Street poll. Like, some people were voting <laughs> it five, some people voting it, like, one and a half, two. Really, really a controversial week last week, and it kind of, the average yep. score settled at 3.56, which, uh, I don't know, you, that, that's how democracy works, you... Find, a, find the mean average. Fiona. Democracy. How democracy what? works is that no one's yes, ever happy. <laughs> Basically. Fiona get Apart from the people who voted three and a half, I suppose. Fiona gave it two and a half sellotaped heads on the WGC under. Outer. What, what did you select it if you don't know what it means? I can't remember why. 
I'm sure it was hilarious. But Fiona's there. She gave that out of five. John, not happy about it last no, week. And I don't think he liked this, so he's not enjoying curry at the moment, no. is John. Two and a half pairs of underwear left at Bernie's after a quickie. Oh. Half a pair of underwear. What's think. going on Maybe there? Is that, is that Bernie's thong? And then Jonathan was my pick of the week because he gave it four cleavages visible from Mars out of five. And, you know, go for the smut. That always gets you mentioned here. Um, Louise has emailed us this week to say she wanted to submit some feedback for last week's Coronation Street. And firstly, she says she cannot believe the Leo and Stephen storyline was so good. I kept laughing at the fact that Stephen killed Leo by chucking him into a bin. Literal bin. Literal bin. Quote of the week from Daisy. It's the most interesting thing Leo has ever done. To be serious, though, the scene at the end of Monday's episode when Stephen is dragging Leo into the van, I had goosebumps. You should have tried being there, Louise. Well, she says. And so exciting that you got to see it being filmed. Stephen, as a villain, is actually working really well for me. And he's got such a good, tortured, guilty face. And the fact that he was a bit of a Conversation Street joke before this had even made it, uh, before, made this even better, to be honest. I laughed when they were phoning Leo and Stephen's trying to hide the phone in his front pocket. It's kind of refreshing to have a villain who's so amateur. Um, she continues, I'm a big fan of new arrival Dee Dee too. I feel like she's really going to inject the Bailey family with a bit of energy. I wonder if there's going to be a storyline where Michael is jealous, jealous of his overperforming siblings. James the footballer, Dee Dee the high-powered lawyer. I'm sure when the Baileys were first introduced, there was some talk about Michael feeling like he's the odd one out and isn't celebrated by his parents so much. And I thought I caught some resentful looks from Michael last week. Yes, Ooh, there was, wasn't there? I didn't pick up on that. No, I did. I'd forgotten about Ooh, it. I don't think we saw it this But Michael's week. such a good-natured lad just like the real michael yeah he's you would he's never a good, be jealous of he's anybody. a good soul you don't you don't need to have a high paying no i like it this. i think that's cool like, and then yeah. he'll learn a lesson about how it's not about in michael. your soul just remember that don't believe this it michael's got you can't back. pay mortgage dd's Dee insertion your soul, even though it feels like that's dd's insertion into the stew storyline gave it a little bit more interest for me so i'm hoping she continues to liven it up I wonder what you think about this week's one then i'm quite intrigued by the angle of lennox having dementia i also feel that if i was bridget and my dad had been in prison for 27 years for murder i probably wouldn't introduce him to my daughter until he'd been proven innocent but oh well Loving the podcast as ever and happy birthday, Gemma. I think it's very soon, <laughs> so I hope I've got that right. I'm only halfway through last week's podcast, so I haven't checked yet. Hope you're enjoying October and spooky season. Spooky season! Gemma got a, a glow-up sign for the wall in the lounge this week saying trick or treat. Yep, yep. I love it. She loves it. I love it so much. I gave Gemma one Halloween-themed birthday present this year, didn't I? It wasn't really Halloween themed. It, was it came from the Halloween section in TK Maxx. Some foxes. <laughs> yeah, but they're Day of the Deadish foxes. Next up, George. George says, I want to jump to the defence of Glenda after Monday's quiz night. Palava. As I'm sorry, Jenny, you may be in forever mourning, but you can't blame Glenda and accuse without proof as you're not being a very good boss now, are you? And Daisy, for that matter. Jenny has been a complete drama queen this week, starting the episode lying on the sofa moping and being all whiny. I'm surprised Rita was being all motherly to her. If I was Rita, I would have yelled, get off your fat ass and do something. <laughs> I'd love to see Rita doing that. I would love to see George tell Jenny she's got a fat ass. <laughs> she does it. Listen, lady, get out your fat ass and serve some beer. Um, the only crime that wasn't actually committed was that we didn't get to see the show tunes around. I'd have loved to sing along some classic West End tunes. I mean, come on, Jodie Franklin can sing. Why are we wasting our talents? I'd rather see a sing song 
than the alcohol round that took place, which Jenny would have won hands down. It's <laughs> so funny. Very true, very, very true. Good points all round there. Rebecca has said, first of all, this is last week's courier, I had no idea that Leah was going to be killed or that Stephen was going to do it. I'd seen from the front covers of TV magazines things like Leo disappears, which did irk my suspicion, but that was just it, just a hunch. Leo, as you said, died for the greater good, but I was a little triggered <laughs> as there was a murder case close to me where the oh, killer God, took yeah. the victim away in a wheelie bin. Ooh. I know, I've heard people mentioning this is a very unfortunate thing that it is a little happen bit. to a real person and it's obviously awful and I don't think anyone should be making comparisons or... I know, think it's, I think it's different it's enough, a compl- but... It's a different thing. Yeah. Um, well, this guy wasn't, it was just an unfortunate, sad accident that happened to this guy. Yeah, yeah. I haven't looked into it. I must have well, I, The you case, I, yeah, okay. I just don't want Jenny to blame herself, says Rebecca, and I agree with Gemma over the comparison of Stephen being like John Stape and Richard Hillman. Although if Stephen seduces Jenny, we can add Tony Gordon to the list too. Ooh. Oh, and Gabrielle is toast. Yeah, I think that's something we're all agreed on. Finally, Gemma, your Sarah impression where she was Richard to Stephen made me laugh. Don't do it, we Thank haven't you. got time. Also, Daisy saying <laughs> Leo has done his most interesting thing was fun too. I think everybody, that was like... I think everyone very enjoyed, much enjoyed, enjoyed the Leo dissing. <laughs> I feel so bad. For He's like, Ross. is he the most hated murder victim? <laughs> Murderer. Pro- oh no, yeah, he is called murder Leo. victim. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think right so. Right in, who's your most hated murder victim? Who, who got murdered in Coronation Street? Did you, did you go? Say? <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. Who wasn't a murderer think, already? I now think, says Rebecca, the Gary story might have come to an end. Well, the Rick side, but anyway. I love seeing Beckett again, and also Dev when he's a protective dad. I really hope Ardy can get over Kelly, though, as I don't like him beating himself up over her leaving. I quite like Dev and Bernie together, but I agree. Either put them together as a couple or just leave them alone. There we go, it has happened this week. I also hope that isn't the end we've seen of Fern either, but I think it could be. Apparently not. See, I was thinking the same lines as you, Rebecca, but we've been proven wrong in both cases. Um, In the end, no, I would love to see scenes of Deb and Bernie at the country club. First opinions of Dee Dee are positive, and I love how she's a bit ditzy out of work, but isn't when she's a lawyer. No, she's ditzy when <laughs> she's, she's a lawyer as week. well. Yeah, she's ditzy all the time. Ditzy <laughs> Dee Dee. I also appreciate the casting as well, as I think she looks like she could be Michael and James's sister. Yes. I quite like the mention of girls football, and I think James could be a good coach. I also laughed at none of the Baileys wanting to eat Aggie's shepherd's pie. I thought that Dee Dee did. I think she said she came back for Aggie's cooking, which is kind of an interesting angle there. Finally, I like Dee Dee and Alia teaming up on Stu's case, and it gives Dee Dee a purpose already on the street. I'm wondering if Lennox has written stuff down over the years in, like, a diary so that might be one way they can get around his dementia. Hmm. <laughs> Dear diary. Today kill, I today murdered I killed a woman. a girl. Hope I get away with it. <laughs> well, I, you'll find out if I did no, or not. He wrote it in a secret code where each letter is the next one along the <laughs> alphabet because nobody's going to get that. Wow. I did like the ending scene that Stu was going to see his granddaughter though and I still think his ex-wife was the murderer. Character of the week is Jenny and I'll give the week four pieces of cheeky cheese on toast eaten by Gemma out of five. Oh, bit cheese on toast. Richard says, This week's episodes have been slightly underwhelming for me, but I guess we've been spoiled recently with Kelly's departure and Leo's demise. I think it's really cool how they decided to kill Leo off for you while you were visiting the set. Thank you. If you go back Thank a few you. times, maybe they will kill off more of the nondescript characters. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Oh, Good point. That's why we're I like the idea that we're the trigger man. point for this. <laughs> I, they didn't roll out the red carpet for us, but they did kill off Leo, actually. That is a good point. Thank you. Um... Uh, Richard says I have referenced before as of others what an incredibly supportive Conversation Street community you have encouraged and helped to develop 
This was evidenced recently when one of our members shared with a Facebook group that they had been struggling. It was heartwarming to see the support that so many of us gave one of our own and really positive to witness social media when social media justifiably has often had a negative reputation. Agreed fully. Lovely conversation, Street Group. You're all wonderful. Yeah, you are. Finally, we have got Nancy, who's got her feedback on last week's episode. She says she loved the scenes with Leo and Stephen. And she says she knew when he confronted Stephen and called him an old man that he'd be killed. Yeah. He should have just called the police. No, you can't call the police on people for calling you old. Carla should have put the CCTV (laughs) into the police. Yeah, what happened with that? The police did tell her to set the CCTV, didn't she? I thought they said it'd been turned off. Oh, maybe. I don't remember. I love the Rovers scene with Daisy and Jenny and when Jenny threw Stephen out. Glenda in the Rovers with her outfit was great too and it was hilarious that no one could see that Stephen could not get out the Rovers fast enough. We need more Jack and Shona involvement in the storyline though. It does remind me of Dougie Ferguson. I wonder if people who hired Leo will get in touch. Yeah, two, nearly two it. weeks later. I love the fact that these, these Canadian business are like, well, you didn't turn up. Oh, well. Turn, oh, yeah. Oh, well, eh? I love Dee Dee. She made an impact right away by talking to different characters on the street and it was wonderful how she got James a better deal. It was hilarious when they all ran away because Aggie was baking shepherd's pie too. James will be a good coach and he looked pretty happy coaching Lily. Um, I feel I really feel for Ardy and it was good that both Dev and Gary both, both spoke with him. Love the scenes with Maria chatting with Ardy too. I love the Bernie and Dev scenes. They really work as a couple. Bernie was wonderful sticking up with Dev. And the scene with Ardy and Asher where Dev apologises was brilliant. Shona speaking with Ardy was a masterstroke. I hope Kelly comes back in the future. The Burn and Fern scenes were brilliant Burn too. and Fern, I love it. Burn and Fern. Dee Dee working on Stu's case is wonderful and I'm glad to see Dee Dee and Alia went to Lennox's house to try and stop Stu. It's great that he will get a visit from Eliza. I give this week's episodes four deals beyond my wildest dreams <laughs> out of five and Nancy's character of the week last week was Stephen Reed. She says thank you for an outstanding podcast and... You're welcome. Happy birthday to Gemma. Thank you. That is it, everybody. Apart from to say, thank you, we've got two new patrons this week. Lovely. Brilliant. Sarah and Jack. My phone has started giving me notifications now when we get new patrons, so that was quite nice to see those two ones ding thank up this Thank you so much Very for supporting us. We it. hope that you like the extra bonus content that you can get, which includes, depending on the tier, a handwritten postcard from me saying thank you we for joining. We did put a handwritten postcard in the post this week. And... We? A water bottle if you've been a patron, um, the highest tier for six months or more. Oh, and a free mm. bonus episode every month about what we thought about various things, including last month's episode, which was top five uses of the volume wall. And I have to say, I think we come, came up with two really good ideas. I would <laughs> two actually, at least. Yeah, out of ten, I think two were, <laughs> two were definite goers. Also, if you're a patron, and this isn't meant to be a patron, but, but who cares? If you're a bistro or above, you've been able to listen to the Millie Gibson interview for the past week because we put it up dead early. So I hope you all appreciated that sneak peek, everybody. And another bonus, if you're a patron, is that you get to suggest questions when we do interviews. Should you wish. But anyway, I hope you all enjoyed the Millie Gibson interview. She was very, very lovely. And um, I wish her all the best for the future. Hopefully we'll see her in something soon. I don't know. She can do do strictly everything now. If you want to join Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash conversation straight probably um you can also email us conversation street at gmail.com we are online conversation you can listen to all of the old episodes back there if you want to and some of them are categorized by topic and character etc etc leave us a review on itunes you can find us on instagram twitter spotify facebook and youtube 
where there are also old bonus episodes put up there, including just tonight we put up the Don Brennan character profile, because it was 25 years ago since he did his um, murderous driving into the wall at uh, what is now the Bistro. Good times. I really like listening back to the old uh, character profiles, and if you are a fan of Cory back in the old days, you will too. Right, we are done. I'm supposed to be like, somewhere at the moment, that's another reason uh, why uh, I'm rushing. Sorry, but if you like... Um, if you like uh, YouTube stuff, please can you subscribe because we want to get a certain number of people. We would quite like to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. So thank you everyone who does. That's it. Right, see you next week, everybody. We'll be back oh, in just under a week's time. So um, I hope under you don't mind again. No, yeah, we're, we're in the next episode. It's going to be next week's bonus episode, oh, isn't it? You'll have to wait and see. I don't know. So, um, I have told you. So, I um, hope you can all survive nothing. the gap without Coronation Street. If you maybe listen to this back again put in White House Philip, maybe put it on, on double speed. Listen to an old episode. Half speed. I don't know. Anyway, goodbye. See you. Bye Ta-da. Bye. Thanks for watching. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.